same old, same old. Yeah. Getting ready for fourth, the fourth? Yeah, I got the next four days off. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, I'm pretty psyched. Not that I'm doing much. I'll be writing a lot of scouting reports, but <laughs> other than that. <laughs> sure, that sounds way better than actual work, though. Yeah. Oh, of course. By anything, you know, you have a dentist appointment would be better than actual work, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, give you some good drugs before they drill you most of the time. Yeah, uh, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you been up to, man? Nothing, just working a lot. I've been trying to, you know, uh, focus on the Cubs mostly, but and some DFS stuff. But I mostly just work. It just fucks me every day. And I get home and I'm like. It's hard to even do much of anything else, you know? Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. Everything's work good, just, you know? Yeah, work just drains you, man. It's like I get home. I mean, I go to work at 4 in the morning, and it's like, you know, kind of sucks because it's like I want to stay up like to this. Today I got out early, and I took a nap earlier, so that's why I'm actually up at this time. Mm-hmm. But normally, like by now, I'd be asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got to get up at like 2.30 in the morning to be at work at 4. Oh, God. So it's like, that's why I'm like, you know, if you guys text me or like any kind of tweets or whatever, anything like that after like 7.30 at night, I'm I'm sleeping. (laughs) That sucks. And you miss like most of the games and stuff too at night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't been able to watch any games. Nothing like, you know, crazy. Oh, that's but true. Is what it is. You've been yeah. killing the scouting reports, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got to catch up to Anderson. I can't let him beat me. <laughs> How many does he have right now? 30? He's done like 34, 35. I think I've done like 25. Damn. Something Damn, like that. I've done like 11 or 12. God. Yeah, I'm going to bang out. I'm going to bang out. A few, like I said, this weekend. I mean, it's supposed to rain up here anyway, but I'm going to bang out out of a bunch. And I'm also doing my last mock draft, which I'm probably going to put out either Sunday or Monday morning. Do a whole three rounds. There's 101 picks in the first three rounds, including the supplemental. So I'm going to do a huge mock draft for the three rounds. Damn. So just hold. Hello? Wait, what happened? Did you? What happened? You muted him? I didn't mean to. How do I unmute him? What the fuck just happened? Hello? I don't know. Hello? Yeah, my bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why did you do that? I didn't mean to. <laughs> I, didn't what I, I was just clicking my screen and it said you mute. Joe Ricotta muted. John Lapore. Lepore. <laughs> I don't know. Damn, like, man. <laughs> you didn't man, want to hear us talk about scouting reports, I guess. Sorry, keep dude, going. And not only that, I had, dude, I had your Cubs take a Will Bednar, the 22nd. Oh, that's a good pick. I like that a lot. I think he's going to go earlier now. I hope he goes what he, he said 20. After what yeah. he did? 
Yeah, that'd be really that'd be. I don't think he's gonna fall that far. But yeah, that'd be no. a great pick. Uh, yeah, it's funny because that's where I originally had him going at twenty second. Yeah. But the fact that like what you know what they did and what he did, like no hit last night, <laughs> six innings. I mean, <laughs> you know, in a championship game like that, proving that he can pitch through a whole season and gets all the way to the championship game. That's the most important part. Not just the fact that he produced is that the fact that he had his movement and his velocity still going at this point in their season shows that he's, you know, they could, they could stretch him out in a year or two and he could be starting in 2024 easy. Mm, Yeah. You know, so I think he's going to go a little higher, unfortunately for you guys, but, you know, originally when I when I did the first mock, I had him going to the Cubs. Oh yeah, I mean, I, shit, he's he's earned it though. I mean, that's a great call by you because yeah. I think that'd be a that would have been a great pick if they would have gotten him there. I kind of like I haven't been really looking too much into the. I, I want to write a couple reports too, but I've been I haven't really looked into it as much as I normally do. Like this year, I've been kind of not really keeping up like you guys have been, but there's one guy like actually um, Jonathan Mayo just came out with his uh, mock like a day ago. And yes, so uh, he had, he had Colson Montgomery to the Cubs. And I was, I actually really liked that call too, a lot. I, which I, don't, I don't know if he'll be there or not, or if, he, if they'll take him, but that's kind of a guy that they, that they might consider at that spot too. I I'm surprised that he actually mocked him there though. Yeah, I don't know if he falls that far because he's kind of gotten he's kind of moved up a lot of draft boards. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't. I, I don't didn't know. know. It's it's so hard, man, because you know what it is. Because then you you play into and that's one thing I haven't gotten into much in the mock drafts either is that you got a lot of these teams that will draft guys on their slot so they can sign him for less and save the money later on. So like, for example, you know, you get someone like the Rockies at number eight, sign someone who's supposed to go in the third round yeah. and they sign him for under slot because they're slotted for say like $10 million at that slot, yeah. but they'll sign up for 5 million. This way they can sign someone later on. They get overslot money, like so. It's it's a weird dynamic with the MLB draft. It's like it's totally different than any other draft because it's it's so strange that way. Oh, and of course, we don't see these guys for a few years. Easy, <clears throat> you know, especially the high school kids, like someone like Marcelo Mayer or Jordan Waller. You know, they're going to get drafted top five. You're not going to see them for five years. <laughs> they're not even going to make the majors. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's so, it's, it's so different from other leagues, the way the draft is. I wish they would have trades in the MLB draft. Oh, me too. Me yeah, too. Yeah, that'd be, that would make it so much more exciting. I actually, t- I saw somebody, <coughs> excuse me. I saw somebody on Twitter um saying that, that uh, the MLB draft is not, not uh, that they're doing a lot to make it, more interesting and stuff, but I still think that they're not doing enough because like, I like that the, the combine that they added and stuff. Yeah. I think, yep. I think that's really cool, but, and I, I think it's great. I think they, 
they it's long overdue stuff like that but like the glitz and the glamour of it to really boost the ratings like like somebody said that the nfl overdoes it i actually think they do it perfectly because i think mlb if they were to do it up that way they would just boost the ratings that much more and they'd get people excited even for five years down the road or whatever when these guys get called up like it, yeah. it would just make it that much more interesting. I think they should make it. I mean, I know the COVID year was hard to do that last year. They weren't doing stuff yeah. like that. But, um, like, I feel like they should make it more uh, glammed up a little bit, the, just in order to to make fans just more excited about it. Because, you, like you said, you can't do the things that – or they don't do anyways. They could, but they don't do the, like, the trades and stuff, that, the things that really make the drafts even more interesting. All right. Yeah, I mean, how cool would it be if you had like a draft, like all of a sudden, you know, the Pirates are on the clock at number one, and all of a sudden, like the Yankees trade up to number one to draft Jack Leiter or something like that. You know what I mean? Like how how cool would that be? Like you said, like you know, it's a totally different sport, so it's never going to be the intrigue as the NFL because the NFL you drafted Trevor Lawrence number one, he's starting next year for the Jaguars. Like right. you'll see him immediately yeah whereas you know even if the yankees traded up just to use an example even if they made a draft day trade and traded up the number one to with pittsburgh they draft jack Leiter, you won't see him for another two years <laughs> so <laughs> it, it and he's not as much of a game changer as a trevor lawrence is to a jaguars organization you know what i mean it's, you're never going to have that dynamic. It's just the sport is the way it is. But I understand what you're saying, though, Joey. Like, you know, it's, you know, they could make it more interesting. And I think draft day trades would be huge. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they don't trade. I, I honestly don't know why they don't allow that. I, is that like, I keep, never understood that. Is that, like, I wonder, is that to keep, uh, like, some of the, the more profitable or the, the the organizations that have more money is that to keep them from just uh, overpaying for like, like um, some of these top prospects or like seemingly, I guess, trading like, I don't know. Is it like, is this, is there some dynamic with some of these uh, like teams that have less money that they're like, well, they, they lost to get in this position and we shouldn't let them trade out. Like, I don't know. I think that would make their team better, though, if they made successful trades that way. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. You, it's just weird. I mean, a Pirates organization, and I'm using them because they have the first pick, but wouldn't it, it's just like the NFL, like, wouldn't it behoove, like, the Pirates organization trade out of the first pick and get, like, the Yankees first and second round of this year and the first round of next year? Yeah, they would get a shit ton of. You know what I mean? Like, like you're, you know what I mean? You're boosting, you're you're building a team. Obviously, the Pirates are in a rebuild, which they kind of constantly are. But anyway, you know, like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be better for them, especially a team like the Pirates who don't spend money? Wouldn't it be better for them to draft more guys? This way, they have more guys to on like rookie contracts when they come up and stuff like that, like uh, more guys under control you would rather say. than having, you know, with the first pick, I mean, if they draft 
depending on who they draft. But I mean, they have like fourteen million to spend on the number one draft pick. So wouldn't it behoove them to move down and spend less on multiple picks and build up their organization rather than just drafting yeah. one guy? And then they could, like, still, I, they, they could still do not to cut you off. They could still do the underslot thing then if they're if they're going to keep that in place uh, and and with like their their next pick or their lower pick or you know what I mean like. I mean, so then they could really turn yeah. into uh, the next year and have, a, a, I don't know, I'm assuming a better pick, I guess. Mm. With that second, like, say they traded they traded with somebody and they picked up two picks. And then right. the, ne- the wow. next year, then they underslot, or they underslotted one of those two picks. or um, And then the next year, they got a better pick out of it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's... It's really weird. I still think, I still think the Pirates are going Henry Davis number one. I'm still convinced of it. Mm-hmm. They're going for that franchise catcher. That would be I know a, a lot. Of, I know they're talking a lot about Marcelo Mayer and Lawler and stuff like that, but I don't know. I think I think this kid Henry Davis is like a franchise. He's like Buster Posey. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like a guy you build your franchise around. And I feel that they can get him slightly under slot at that point, because a lot of mocks I've been seeing, he's going highest. I've seen him go is four to the Red Sox. Yeah, that that's a, is it, is it just me or like, cause obviously you guys have dove way, way more into this uh, draft than I have so far. I mean, you've been spending so much time on it. Um, but is it just me, or is it? does it feel like like one through six or one through five, it's like it, it's almost interchangeable this year? Yeah, it's, it definitely is. Like, I mean, as far as, yeah. like, you know, we didn't – we don't know, like, any of them could go number one, and, like, years past it was like, okay, we know at least one, two, three or something, like even last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't what was this? I forget what the second pick was. I think didn't we get surprised at one of those picks where it was like all of a sudden? Yeah, it was that. It was uh, that kid Kerstad. Yeah, last and now, year. And now he's still. Oh, <laughs> we still hasn't played because he's because of his uh, heart condition. Yep. Wait, was he second? Was he second yeah. overall? Yeah, he was a second. Second last year. Yeah, Torkelson went first. Yeah. And the year before that, the Orioles took Rushman, and everyone knew Adley Rushman was going to be the number one pick. Yeah, that yeah, that was a no-brainer. You know, like I said, you get that franchise quarter, that franchise quarterback, franchise catcher. You know, and basically a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. basically the quarterback of the of the infield. Yeah, and that's why I think Pittsburgh is going to take him because he's a college guy, so he's just about major league ready. I mean, give him another year or two. He's one of the best college bats out there, and he's a catcher. I mean, you don't find that. You know, you could draft Jack Leiter. You could draft Kumar Rocker. You could draft one of the high school shortstops in Mayer or Lawler. Even Brady House, who's one of the best Mm -hmm. high school bats. But it's still high school. You know, there's still, there's upside there. But the floor is what it is because it's a high school bat. The competition is not the same. So... 
it takes a longer time to develop. It takes a longer time, and you don't know exactly what you have. When you can get a college catcher that can hit 350 and blast 20 home runs, I mean, you can't pass that up. I mean, he's honestly, aside from Rushman, he's probably the best college catcher to come out since Posey. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dude's a beast. And I, I think they'd be, make a big mistake if they took someone else. I think he's the safest pick. And I think that's what Pittsburgh needs. They need that franchise guy. Um, Johnny, do you know much about Francisco Alvarez with the Mets? I haven't followed him much this year, but I know he had, I mean, he's had a lot of hype around him. That's what I keep hearing. I, I was just wondering how, like what you thought, if you knew much about him as a catcher, cause I, I, I've been hearing really good things about him, but I don't know like how his defense and stuff really. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. As far as that side of the game, especially, I don't know too much how he's developing. He's pretty young though, too. He's not a he would he's not even in the same age bracket. He's nineteen. Yeah. 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 But I was just wondering. He's an international. I think he was an international guy, anyways. Yeah, I think so. But we were talking about catchers, so I started thinking about him. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, sign out of Venezuela. Oh, did he? Yeah. That's the thing with this draft, too, is there are a lot of pitchers. Yeah. Very pitching heavy. So the college bats that you can get are kind of few and far between this year. <clears throat> so I think a lot of I think a lot of teams, you're going to see a lot of bats go early, especially the big guys. I think it's going to be the bats and the athleticism. So you'll see guys obviously like Mayer and Waller and even a guy, even a college guy like Freilich, Sal Freilich, Colton Kowser, like a couple of outfielders like that. Even, uh, what's his name? The high school kid, Benny Montgomery, mm-hmm. who's just like physical tools are off the charts. And he's a high school kid from Pennsylvania. But the dude was hitting like they had a, at the perfect game last year. He was hitting a hunt. He was hitting. At exit velocity of 104 miles an hour off a of tee. Damn. Wow. <laughs> dude is just a tea. beast. Jeez. He's a beast. Who but is that? Montgomery? Benny Montgomery. Yeah, wow. From Redland, Pennsylvania. Redland High School in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. But, and his arm strength, they were uh, clocked him, thrown from the outfield. He was throwing 97 miles an hour. He runs like a six, six something sixty. Like I mean, the dude's just physical, like incredible. He's definitely going first round. I mean, someone's going to take him and just be like, "All right, we got to work with this kid, so he can actually hit the ball." (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, I really like Frelick. That was one of the guys that I did look at. I think he he could be an everyday, like a really good defensive center fielder. I think too. Yeah, I like Freilich a lot. I like Freilich a lot. Really athletic. 
I have him going. Uh, I had him going seventh to the Royals mm. because I think the Royals just build a team like that. Yeah, I mean they traded for Andrew Benintendi, who's similar, mm. and that was actually the pro comp that I put on Freilich. Mm. It was similar coming out of college. They have yeah. guys like you know they have Mondesi, they have Merrifield, they like the guys who could run. Oh yeah, you know and stuff like that. So I think Freilich is. It fits right into their mold of what they try to do. That'd be a really good fit for him, yeah. 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 Well, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should start. Yeah, yeah we should probably start. Then we're, I mean, this is basically started already. So, but you've been listening to too much pod tower. We're back again. With another episode, it's been a while, so hopefully you guys are still listening out there. We didn't lose all of our listeners, but yeah, welcome, welcome back, guys. This has been I'm Alex Keeler, as always, and got Joey Ricotta and John, Johnny Black with me. So, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going good, Alex. Glad to be back and. And start this thing up again with you yeah yeah um yeah so we've been talking of course about the mlb draft coming up in what is it now 10 days or so, so um so yeah that's gonna be exciting and at the at primetime sports talk we've been doing a lot of profiles we talked before the show you know anderson picard i think that's how you say his name he is up to 35 or so profiles so we got it which me and johnny are trying to catch up because johnny's at 20 what do you say 26 27 25 26 something like that and then i i'm all the way down at 11 so i gotta really catch up to get there but yeah we've been grinding these out the last couple of weeks so gonna do a lot over the holiday weekend fourth of july weekend so yeah keep checking those out and uh now johnny's also gonna have his uh mock is three round mock three round mock draft coming up so keep an eye out but uh i guess i kind of want to shift attention to the yankees of course everybody knows i'm a yankees fan um if you've been listening to this you know that um and i really just have no words for this team right now but i have i have so many words though at the same time if that makes any sense. Because <laughs> I just don't understand what's going on. Like, they can't hit. They're just feel, they look like dead at the plate. They just have no life to them. They actually have offense yesterday, or once this comes out, it'll be two days ago. But on, what was it, on on Wednesday, they actually scored a bunch of runs. They got eight, They got seven runs in the first inning. And ended up having eight total, and then, and then there was like a there was two rain delays, one twenty minute rain delay or something like that, and then another ninety minute rain delay, and they just they put Chapman out there with a four run lead. He hadn't pitched in like two weeks or something like, or a week or a week and a half, and which is on Aaron Boone, like we talked about in the chat last night. Uh, Joey said that I think like that's basically on Boone. He he, ne- he needs to put his 
closer more out there consistently, even if it's not a save situation like it was wasn't last night. And he didn't, and now that's why he was. I think that's kind of why he was struggling. He walked three guys, loaded the bases, and then gives up the tying grand slam. And I just, I could, I was sitting there and and like not even in shock, but just like I knew it was gonna happen. So I was like, my face was like didn't even change. My face ex- facial expression didn't change at all. I was just like, you, uh, this is happening again, and it's something has to change with the team. Like they have so much, they had such high expectations going into the season. Of course, you know, World Series expectations are always there for the Yankees. They're the New York Yankees, uh, and. The one thing that pisses me off, I saw something from that Michael K said. I don't know if, what the truth is behind it. Cause I, honestly, I I'm not really a big Michael K fan for even as a Yankees fan. Um, but he said apparently he said that uh, Michael Brantley and Kyle Schwarber were both in play for the Yankees in the off season, but they didn't have the payroll flexibility to fit one of them in. So. Hal Steinbrenner, the cheap owner, uh, strikes again. I mean, I know, I know he's not. He wasn't cheap when they paid Garrett Cole all that money, but they couldn't pay an outfielder ten million dollars a year, which is what Schwarber got for the Nationals. And you'd rather have uh, an outfielder right of what they have right now of Miguel Andujar, who just straight up stinks at third base at, at defense, and you're going to throw him out in the outfield. You'd rather that. Um, and, you know, Clint Frazier, who wasn't really ever that special in the outfield either. And it, now, I mean, I know hindsight is also 2020 because, you know, they thought they were going to get the bat of Clint Frazier back this year, but that hasn't happened. So, but at the same time, it's like they also, Brantley's, you know, he was a proven outfielder, has a great bat, and he comes up clutch in the postseason. And, you didn't want to pay him enough money to, as the Yankees. It just mind blows me that they just seem like they're just not. They it feels like they're not the Yankees anymore. To be honest, they don't want like. I just I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on it? I don't. I can't even think of the words anymore. I mean, I thought you. I thought we were doing a, a Cubs podcast for a minute there. The way you were talking about Schwarber. Um, not good. <laughs> the Cubs not not signing him at ten million and signing Jack Peterson at seven million. So, uh, yeah, definitely relate with uh, uh, ownership being a little bit cheap when they have the money. So, um, I don't know. I the the Yankees are very frustrating. I can see where your frustration is because I think Aaron Boone has done. I wouldn't say like a god awful job. I would just say below average because it's a lot of it has to come down on the players essentially when with especially with baseball I think more times than not I mean I don't think he's made a lot of great decisions but uh, and uh, obviously with that Chapman deal you know like I said yeah I think it's on boom because you can't let a pitcher sit seven eight days uh, a relief pitcher and and you're you're the guy that you're relying to finish out close games, no less, in mm-hmm. Chapman, you can't let him sit. He had a rough outing in the last outing that he was in yeah. uh, that he pitched seven, eight, eight days ago. So you want to get him back out there semi-soon before you need him. And then, of course, you know, they had actually a decent lead and then gave that up. 
But um, it, what do you expect? You know, he's not going to be as sharp as he was uh, before, or he, he can't get into any kind of groove. Like, you just can't sit that long. Like, four days max for relief pitchers, I think. I mean, unless you're, go- unless you're like, a long relief guy, and he- even then, that's when they sit four days is because they probably gave you two, three, four innings out of the pen. You know, when you're somebody like Chapman, you're not doing that. So it, it just makes no sense. But, um, yeah, the hitting's been really weird. I mean, Glaber Torres hasn't been uh, really what the Yankees were expecting, I don't think, or thought that he was going to be. And, I mean, what I thought he was going to be as a prospect – um, I mean, he showed she's shown flashes of being really good with power and stuff. And and where's that went this year? So, um, you know, uh, Gary, Gary Sanchez has been better this season. Um, and it's weird because the Yankees are actually kind of healthy. I mean, yeah, they've had some injuries, but I mean, um, I mean basically Voight was the only injury, like major injury or they happened to he had two injuries, but. Yeah, so, I mean, but, like, able to keep those two studs and Judge and Stanton healthy, yeah, you just would expect more. And I think some of that comes down on, you know, I don't know. Like, it's it's it makes you wonder about just roster construction itself of, like, maybe just being too much of a boomer bust lineup with, you know, the way that baseball's kind of moving right now. Like, with the swing, swing and miss guys in the lineup, they are built an awfully lot like, like the Cubs are right now. And I hate to just bring it to my team, but like, uh, I think the, the guys that swing and miss in their lineup, they could really be, I mean, LeMahieu, their main contact guy, he started out slow. Yeah. Terrible. I don't know. It's, it's just really, really weird. Where do you go? You know, I don't know. Well, they made a trade today uh, for a diamondback center fielder. No, it's not Kelly Marte, which I wish it was. But uh, Tim Lacastro, uh, yeah, I said that right. I think, but I mean, he's got speed. He's, de- I mean, he's not doesn't have the greatest bat, but he does have speed. So he's kind of a guy they can, you know, put out in the center field since they need that right now. They don't have. I mean, they put they were putting Judge out there. Um, I mean, he was he was doing pretty good in center field. I mean, he could play. I I, I think he can play any any of the outfield positions, but. I mean, they don't really want to do that either. They want to keep him in the right field. So getting a guy like that can, that can, you could throw out there is decent. I mean, it's not going to be a World Series winning trade, but it's still, it's still good enough to get something done. But the other thing that pisses me off so much with this team right now is that they have these guys, like I talked about a bunch of times, that in AAA that are just absolutely raking like Trey Ambergy on a he's on like a 36 game on base streak and Hori Park he's he's on another he's on a on base streak too like 25 games 26 games and then even Esteban Floria who I've never been the biggest fan of he's been actually I mean he started off slow but he's been on a tear late, lately of te- like 10 of his last 20 or 12 of his last 28 I think and and just Really, I think really starting to break out a little bit and turns the guy that they thought they were going to get. Um, but I don't think they should call him up right now. He uh, think he needs more time. But the other guys and Chris Gins is another one. They called up for a little bit. They did barely played him, and then they sent him back down once Voight was back. 
It's like the guy needs consistency. You can't just put some call somebody up and then play him for a few games and expect him to be like the guy he was when he was in AAA. Like he needs some time to adjust to major league pitching. And and the other thing, like with Hoy Park, he was that they talked. I think Brian Cashman actually talked about it. He was like, we or I think it was either Cashman Cashman or Steinbrenner that said like, we have. I mean. I, we have, we've seen what he's done in AAA, but we really don't have a spot for him on this team. And I just, how is that even possible? You have Tyler Wade and Rude Negna Odor um, like going off and on at second base. So you're telling me that, oh, that both of them are better than what Park has been doing? Like, those, Park also has speed. He has like six stolen bases this year. Like, how is that even, like, you don't, the speed doesn't matter with Wade because he can't hit. Park can actually hit. He gets on base. Like I said, he's on that big, he's on an on-base streak right now as well. Makes contacts, contact, and his power is coming out this year. He never hits more than seven home runs, and he he has eight already this year. So I don't know what what they're doing here. Why can't they call this guy up and give him a chance? Like, I know it's going to, it might take him a little while to adjust to major leagues, but. It's still better what they have than what they have right now. It's just mind-boggling. Right. Why don't you just take a chance on a guy like Park or Gittins or you know someone like that? I mean, something's got to like you said, something's got to change. So why not bring one or two of these guys up and put them in the lineup for a couple days in a row? See what they got. You know, a, a spark to the team. Or maybe a little notice on these guys like Odor and those, you know, players like that that just kind of seem like they're coasting. Yeah. You know, look, just because you've been a major league player for a few years, we'll bring this guy up. And if he hits, sorry, we go with a hot hand. Yeah. You just need something different. You just need any kind of change can't be worse than what's going on now. Oh, exactly. You know, so. I don't even talk about my team, so we oh, can, God. you know, <laughs> <laughs> we can skip the Twins today because <laughs> they're just. I thought we were just gonna get into Josh Donaldson talk. Uh, it's just oh. I, I don't even want to. You know, that just makes it worse. I, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about them. <laughs> they're just the- horrible. They're just horrible this year. They need oh. to trade everybody. All I gotta say is Josh Donaldson had no room to talk about the sticky stuff. <laughs> Oh, he didn't. But, and you know, what he said, I'll say this. What he said was not wrong. Like, like he, no, it's wasn't. not like he was saying anything that was not true as far as, like, right. and he, he, he came with his, like, facts and his stats. And what do we always say? Like, you know, writers at primetime, like, just if it's an article that might be whatever that's against the grain or whatever – Come with the stats and the facts and back up your shit. And yeah. that's what he did. You know, he didn't say that originally. Like, you know, it took him a day or whatever. And then he gave out the RPMs and the, you know, all that with the spin rates. And this is down and this is down, whatever. And then talking about Ozzy Gian. And that, I don't know if you guys saw the Ozzy Gian on the pre uh, <laughs> That That was fucking hilarious to me. But um, I, I didn't see it, but. I just Ozzy Gian, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> He's we a hothead. Another, we got another uh, Adam Eaton, like when he like 
I don't know if you guys saw the video that was circulating when Adam Eaton, that incident happened uh, when he was with the White Sox before. Uh, um, and Ozzie Guillen was like, nobody liked you in that locker room. Nobody liked you, Adam Eaton. Like, he basically, we got another one of those instances where he was like talking about Donaldson. He's like, you know, Donaldson, yeah, you, you're a very good uh, player because I don't know why uh, Donaldson went at him or whatever. I don't know. I don't remember what exactly Donaldson said about uh, Guillen. I think he said, you know, his OPS is like his worst season in the majors or something was 150 points higher OPS than Ozzy Guillen's ever was or something. And then, Ozzy Guillen said, you know what? You're right. The numbers, you know, how don't, you know, he says it in with his accent, but um, he said, you're right about the numbers, but you know what you don't have is the rings. Like he's, I have two rings or I think he said three, I think, but one of them was as a manager, obviously. So, but he said, I have two rings. He's like, I don't know. He was just talking all this crap about Donaldson, but anyways, um, Donaldson, like, he, I don't know why he said that after he crossed home plate. Like, I can understand why Giolito was kind of like, okay, like, why are you saying that? Like, you just hit, you just crushed a pitch, and, like, 63% of pitchers in baseball were using something or whatever it was, you know, like, just or 63% of pitchers' spin rates are down, like, since the crackdown. So it's like, it, yeah, and, and one of those – big pitchers is Kenta Maeda <laughs> like yeah. and Michael Pineda literally has been caught with uh using stuff so it was like that part of it like just did that's the part where it was like why did you like why did you feel the need to do that but like but what he was saying was not like anything false it just became something super entertaining between yeah. obviously Sox and Twins fans and <laughs> it was it was entertaining last night watching it I have the video here if you want to hear it yeah, go ahead. I think talked on uh, the air saying that he, oh, I, I'd let one go and hit him in the ribs. Ozzy Gian, you, you were under a career 700 OPS hitter, man. <laughs> like, you were a three-time All-Star and you had under a 700 OPS. My worst season in the big leagues is 150 points higher than that. And this is also coming from the man that said he loves Fidel Castro. That's what we that's who we're taking advice from. Like, what are we doing around here? You know, like, come on. First of all, not idiot. He don't know who Fidel Castro is. He don't know anything. By the way, don't be lazy and read it. Read what I say. Second of all, yes, I'm not getting paid. You was better play than me, but you never will have one of this. I got three of the puppy. Three, three, and you'd be shit. Shame on yourself. Make all that money. The Minnesota team bring up you to win, and they get worse and worse with you. <laughs> See you later. Good luck, brother. It's still making you money. And go, you know what? Your next career will be WWE. They'll be <laughs> waiting for you, puppy. And that's pretty soon. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, dude! Uh, I, it's, uh, fu- it's it's funny. That's oh, so funny. It's hysterical. It's crazy. You know what? Stuff like that, though, I love. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Because this yeah. is this is exactly what we've talked about the whole time. Is like this is exactly what baseball needs. You know, we see this. We see this with other sports, like on Twitter, guys going back and forth. You know what I mean? With the NBA and football, 
and stuff like that. Like I was talking on Twitter and like coming out with TikTok videos, like dissing somebody else. Even if you follow golf, Brooks Kepka today oh. talking about his caddy, like, you know, after uh, what's his name? Shambo said something like, you know, so, I mean, <laughs> like we, we even got golf guys talking smack to each other. So why not baseball? You know, it's good. It's a good thing, especially with division rivals like that. Yeah. This is what you need. You know, yeah. we need this. But I think it's just, I think it's a sterile. Ozzy Gian is always good for a soundbite. But I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. I mean, Donaldson really, you know, it sucks that the Twins aren't doing well this year because it would have helped his case a little more <laughs> if they were actually winning or even close to the White Sox. But. <laughs> But yeah, it was I, I still think it's good. I think it's entertainment, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, we used to see this, like, so much more than we do now. Like, I, I feel like players, like, they join hands uh, on most stuff and just go against MLB more times than not, rather than going against each other, like, with, like, even, like, the rivalry stuff. Like, you don't hear, like too many Cardinals players getting it in into it with Cubs players. And I'm not talking about like brawls on the field and stuff like that, but like sound bites like this, you know, like, like this is awesome. This is great stuff. Like from a fan perspective, it's like, wow, I got to tune into that. And the Cubs weren't playing last night. And guess what game I was watching? I was watching a first place team play a last place team because I, I knew it was going to be entertaining every time Josh Johnson came to bat. And it was. And Donaldson took out, you know, a pitch that was probably out of the zone at the high fastball out of the ballpark. But like when he was walking the plate, just raining booze, rounding the bases, raining booze. And he's just and he backed the shit up by hitting the home run. And then the next very next at bat, he struck out and like a huge like like the stadium erupted. And it's like, that is awesome. Like those two at bats, back to back at bats, like that's what baseball needs right there is that type of like just rivalry and like fan excitement. It, it, it drew excitement obviously with his, with his at bats last night and the game turned out to be a laugher, but most people were talking about, you know, Donaldson and Ozzie Guillen and Lucas Giolito, you know? So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And you need that. You need the, you know, just as you need, just as every fan needs the guy on their team that's their favorite or the guy, the face of the franchise or whatever, every team's fan base also needs that hated guy. That guy that they just hate. They make, they make memes out of and stuff like that. Like, you know, just that guy. And if Donaldson's going to be that guy for the White Sox, as far as the Twins go, then that's all good. You know what I mean? Like, But it's good, like you said, it's good for the fan interaction because they boo they cheer when you get the fans more involved well you just make the game better yeah you know the padres dodgers whole thing with bauer and tatis and stuff like that like you know it's turning into a more of a rivalry now surprisingly enough the giants are great this year yeah who would have thought but god they have the best winning percentage in baseball it's insane it's insane what the Giants are doing. I, I don't even – no, no one picked this. 
I mean, no, no one in their right mind would have picked the Giants to win this division. Now, granted, we're halfway through the season, so. But still, if you would have told me on July first the Giants would be in first place in the NL West, I would have left. <laughs> I think we all would have. Yeah. Crazy. That is a great rivalry, though. You brought up about the Padres and the and the Dodgers. Um, that's that's like must see TV too. Every series they play against each other, you got to watch it. Yeah, and it's brewing more and more. Like it's you know, it's a newer rivalry, newer rivalry, but it's like you got the young guys there, so it's you know, you know, it's going to be going on for a few years. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, Alex, I don't know um, where we were going next. I, I just started talking about we started talking about Donaldson and the White Sox, but or the yeah Twins and Sox. Uh, I don't know. He's a he's a fucking pest. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that's what Giolito said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Oh, and Donaldson uh, Donaldson said that he ran into him in the parking lot. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I saw that. That was. I wonder what that was like. That couldn't he said he didn't have anything to say when I ran up to him into the parking lot. <laughs> oh man, that's that's funny. Uh, who Giolito? Yeah, that's what uh, Donaldson said. That uh, Giolito didn't have anything to say when he ran to him in the parking lot. I don't know who I take in a fight there. I know Giolito's a big boy, but Donaldson seems a little crazy. <laughs> so I mean, he's a little off his rocker. Yeah. I mean, he seems like someone that would like kick you in the nuts and bite your nose off or something in the, in the parking lot, you know? Oh. Even though Giolito's a big guy. <laughs> well, I could just imagine how that encounter must have went, right? So, like, you have Giolito, who didn't know that he said that, but, like, saw it afterwards. And, you know, everybody was questioning about it. And he's like, I think it's classless, whatever. And and then uh, Donaldson hears that. And, like, so Donaldson approached him in the parking lot, like, I can just imagine how that encounter must have went. Like Giolito strikes me as like just a super nice guy, like like laid back. Like I've never even seen him get upset about anything. <laughs> and then you have yeah. Donaldson, who's just like super fiery. So like, how does that encounter? Like, of course, Giolito's probably gonna be like, dude, like whatever. <laughs> like I don't know. Like, what do you do in that situation? Probably wasn't expecting to see him in the parking lot. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. that must have been a shock. <laughs> On to another topic. DeGrom has 14 strikeouts, yeah, and he had eight in a row. Jeez, and he gave up three runs in, like, the first inning, didn't he? Yeah, he's still lo- they're still losing three to one because they can't, he can't get any get- damn run support. I was going to lose, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> DeGrom star. <laughs> oh, he I got was... Sorry. Uh, I was going to say we got some news to announce on air. The... All-Star Game stars are being announced right now. Um, I see uh, Arenado, of course, got third in the NL. Freddie Freeman, Posey, Tatis, and Fraser. That's the infield for the NL. Adam Fraser, of course. Arenado got third base? Yeah. What the fuck? How did he? I don't know how he got it over Bryant. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Bryant's had a terrible June, but like April and May, and that's why I think there's something that he like. I don't know if he's dealing with. He is dealing with something now for sure because he hasn't. He wasn't in the lineup the last couple days, but uh, like he was literally in the MVP voting through April and May. Like yeah. his June, he's been like probably one of the worst hitters in baseball in June. So, but like. Arenado's defense this year, just just his defense, has not been as good. Like Gold Glove Arenado defense, like he was bad the first month of the season at at third base, which is really weird. But he was legitimately bad on defense. I'm surprised. And, and you got Chris Bryant. I mean, I guess like he was playing a ton of outfield too. He wasn't even playing that much third base. But like when you have a player that can play like five different positions for you how is that not i don't know it's such a popularity contest man i i'm that's just, crazy it should be muncie too i thought muncie was gonna get it over freeman yeah muncie definitely yeah freeman had a he he got off to a really slow start i'm kind of surprised frazier got it over albies yeah a second yeah, albies, i thought frazier you know i thought albies would have would have made it in. I guess Frazier's having a really good season, but man, Albie's he's like he's on pace to hit the most home runs of his career, I think. Yeah. Albies has been well, he's been Albies. I mean he's been great. Frazier's having a good year, don't you know, don't get me wrong, but I'm just surprised because also it's Pittsburgh. So, I mean, I right. don't think that, like, any of those guys are going to get any votes, you know, except for maybe Cabrian Hayes, but. Yeah. Johnny, you want to guess how many, you want to guess how many DK points uh, Albies had last night? Uh, 32. No, uh, he, that, way off. Okay. So, he had five <laughs> hits. He had two home runs, seven RBIs, one stolen base, and four runs scored. Jesus Christ. Uh, so 47? <laughs> 56. Jeez. I got the AL side now, too. I see um, it's Salvador Perez and Vlad, Simeon, Devers, Bogarts, and then in the outfield, Trout, Judge, and uh, Teoscar Hernandez. And then of course, Otani DH. So that's pretty. I think that I think they got it pretty right. Except I don't know why. Well, of course, Trout's Trout, so gonna, everybody's going to vote for him even if he's injured. Yeah, I mean it's, it's yeah. right to put him in, but like, but it'll, I think uh, Cedric Mullen should be the one who gets the, the injury reserve. Yeah, who, I agree with that. Mullen's who were the other been two huge. outfielders? Who were the other two? Judge and. T. Oscar. Judge and T. Oscar. Okay. Yeah, Mullins has been. Wow. Mullins is having a season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see if I can find the NL, the rest of it. Oh. Have a, what about a Dallas Garcia? Yeah, right. My God. Well, he's kind of slowed up a little bit, I think. Yeah, he has. I think he. Well, he was, he's kind of. Turning it around a little bit more now, uh, but yeah, he really slowed down for a little, for a minute. Well, he was super hot. 
beginning of the year. I mean, after the first couple of weeks of the season, like in May, like he was just crushing everything. Yeah. <laughs> Came out of nowhere. Yeah. So that's why one of the, like these older, it feels like these older rookies who get a chance that have just spent like their entire career in the minors and no one ever thought that they were like a, like highly, you know, touted prospect or any, anything like, like your, your mean, Gar- uh, your mean Mercedes, uh, Adalas Garcia, you know, some of these other guys, it feels like when they get the call up, they're ready to go. Like they, they're like, I'm not wasting this opportunity. And it just feels like more and more the young guys who get called up that are really highly touted prospects, they need to go back down and figure some more things out and then come back up. But these other guys that are older rookies that have been in the minors forever, like they just smash right away. And you're like, who's this dude? Well, I think, I think that might have to something to do with the mentality. I mean, first of all, they're older, so they're just older, more mature. You know, second of all, I think it's that, you know, when you're a first-round pick and you're 21 years old and you get called up, you have an opportunity to fail because you, you get called up to the majors. And and I'm not saying this is true for like guys like – you know, Wanda Franco or Jared Klenick or anyone like that. I'm not talking about them. I'm just saying in general, the mentality. I think maybe they think that, like, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to go up there and do my thing. And if it doesn't work out, well, then I go down in the minors. But I'm still going to need another opportunity to come up. Whereas the older guys, you've been in the minor leagues for six years. It's like, this is my one shot. Right. You know, I'm 26 years old. If I don't make the most of this opportunity, if I get sent down again, I may never come up again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying that's the mentality of all the players or anything like that. I'm not picking anyone out. I'm just saying, like, what you said. Like, just in general, you know, there may be an ex... You know, as a 20, 21-year-old, as a first-round pick, you can accept failure at that point because it's just growing pains. Whereas a 26 year old rookie who's been in the minors for six years, that's not unacceptable. You know, I don't know. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. They, they might never get a shot again. And it's like, they, they, they're basically playing like their life is on the line because their major league life basically is. Yeah. And you know damn well that organizations in every sport, if you're a first-round pick, you're getting every opportunity to succeed because the organization doesn't want to admit that it's a bust. So, but if you're an international signing that didn't pay a lot of money for, or you're a fifth-round pick, sixth-round pick, tenth-round pick, and you've been in the minors for a few years, uh, if you don't, we'll call you up because you're hot in AAA and we need you. If you don't produce, I'll just send you back down and that's it. You know, it's, it's no skin off their nose. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look at and look at a guy like Patrick Wisdom this year who he's a former, I mean, we're talking first late. Round, yeah, late, but, you know, former first round pick with the Cardinals and he got some opportunities, but not much, but he never really did much with them. 
and then you know was tossed around from organization to you know finally landing with the cubs but um you know cardinals rangers i, I don't know where else he was but um and he came up this year and it's like like a part of me thinks yeah you know like they're they're just a little bit more polished because they've had time to like figure out what didn't work or what like see so much pitching and and like they're playing like their life is on the line whereas like some of these prospects like the the big names like like you mentioned like Franco or or Kelnick like they've never failed at any level yet and then when they get there it's like oh you know this is a little bit different cuz you know obviously major the major leagues is the highest it can get and it's like they they've never seen the stuff that they'll that they're seeing at the major league level before. So it's like, okay, maybe, you know, I'm still not quite there regardless of how like great I'm doing. And like, I might have all the tools in the world, but like, I've never actually had to adjust, you know? Yeah. Speaking of uh, first overall picks, I actually saw uh, the 2013 first pick Mark Appel, who was drafted by the Astros. He pit, he's now with the Phillies organization. He has, I was in Lehigh, Lehigh Valley last week and uh, against playing against the Rare Riders, he actually pit, he started his first AAA game since 2017, and he he actually did pretty good. He was one five shutout innings, two hits. So I don't know, maybe he can maybe he'll find something. that will end up at finally getting to the majors after all this time. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Wow. Good good for him. Glad he's still yeah. trying, you know. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he was out of the league for a while. I mean, he was out of the out of baseball for a while like up until this year he didn't play since he didn't even pitch since 2017. That's crazy. He's with the Phillies now, you said, right? Yeah, he was um He was with in the Houston organization up until 2015 and then signed with the Phillies in 2016. Um, oh, the rest, I see the rest of the uh, NL now. The outfielders, Acuna, Castellanos, and Winker. Yeah, that's not a surprise. That's oh. pretty solid. Yeah. I, yeah, that's definitely solid. I hope they have Schwarber at least in the All-Star game, though. Yeah, they should. Off the bench. Man, that guy, I don't know. You can't even pitch to him right now. <laughs> no, he's, yeah. he's like Babe Ruth right now. God, I mean, what he's doing is like, it's only, I think the only other players that have done something, like the type of stretch that he's had been Bonds and Sosa. Like yeah. he he almost tied Barry Bonds for the most home runs hit in a month by a left handed hitter. And and that was only like basically he did that in like a two week span. <laughs> like like what? It's crazy. I saw a stat on Barry Bonds the other day. Um he has the major league record for reaching base and a hundred a hundred plate appearance stretch. He actually reached base seventy times. 
Oh my god. Which is just <laughs> it's just, just like what? <laughs> it's insane. He it was like if he didn't hit a home run, it was a walk. <laughs> like Yeah, it was a, I was thirty nine walks, a hit by pitch, eleven home runs, like you could like that's just I don't know. But that's what we're talking about with, with these young guys too, even the older guys that come up. You hit that stretch where it's like you come up and you get all this and you go on a hot streak. It's like anything in baseball. I mean, it's all streaks, peaks and valleys because it's a long season. So you see these guys like Patrick Wisdom or whatever. Then after a month or so, it's an adjustment. Yeah. You know, and it's back to reality. I think the Nationals are just in such a good position, though, because they have Trey Turner batting right behind him, and he just hit for the cycle last night. So it's like, yeah, what, what do you do with that lineup? Like, you pitch around Schwarber to get to Trey Turner? It's like, what? I tell you, man, Trey Turner, he's got to be one of the most underrated players in the majors. Oh, no love, one ever talks about him. I love Turner. And he's... He's got to be like a top three shortstop in the major leagues. I, I mean, easily. You know? Yeah. I mean, with the speed, power, just hitting, like in general, just, he just, I don't know. But no one ever talks about him. Everyone argues, oh, Tatis, Bogarts, you know. I think he's definitely in that conversation. Yeah. He's, I think so. He should be. Man, watch, watch out for the Nationals. We know what they did two years ago. Yeah, they're doing it again, it looks like. Oh, yeah, right? Talking about, everybody was talking about a couple weeks ago. Oh, was they going to trade Scherzer? Or tra- uh, that's what they were saying in 2019, too. Yep. And then watch yeah, it happen. Right. <laughs> yeah, watch. They're going to get Strasburg. Strasburg will be healthy. They'll get, Corbin will get back on track, and they'll be all fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, you got the Mets lead the division right now, and they're probably going to do their normal stuff of kind of choking it. Yeah, I got to give the Mets credit to this year, though. Yeah, they've they've had some major injuries, man. A ton. I mean, they have no one playing the outfield. You know, they just yeah. Yeah, and then you look at their pitching staff too, like. Imagine if Carrasco or like just him alone was like in the rotation, and then you have Syndergaard still out, and yeah, Nimmo, Conforto, like man, these guys are (laughs) Jonathan VR was getting like regular playing time. He wasn't even supposed to be playing every day. He's hurt now. Yeah, McNeil was hurt. JD Davis was hurt. They they they've had a ton of injuries. Yeah, Trey Turner is second among shortstops in batting average. Oh wow! And yeah. and he, yeah, because that's I don't know what what's Tatis hitting. Like I don't know. I can't remember. He's got to be in the high two hundreds. Yeah, that's imagine. And then uh, home run hitters. Uh, Tatis obviously is first and. For shortstops, but and then Baez is second. 
Crawford is actually third. Crawford's like, he's hitting, he's, <laughs> Crawford is hit. I don't, I forget what his career high is. I don't even think he's reached 20 home runs in a season. Uh-huh. Let me see. He's, he's hit 21 home runs once in his career. That was his only, he, he's already at the second most home runs he's ever hit in his career in a season. And we're only, he's only played 71 games. Yeah, Crawford's been, well, this part of the Giants' resurgence. Yeah. Posey, too. How about Posey this year? God. He's hitting like 330. Hey, we called that, by the way. Yeah. We said he was going to have a bounce back with the yeah. rest of Lakes. With the rest he, last year? Yep. Mm-hmm. And man, he's really had a resurgence. And, well, this is his contract year, unless the Giants pick up his option. Yeah. 34 years old. You know. Yeah. I love Posey. Posey's just, you know, to me, he's a Hall of Famer already. Yeah, I think he, I think he definitely has to be. I mean, I look at it this way with the Hall of Fame stuff. Like, I mean, you know, if you look at Yachty, I know Yachty Molina has played longer defensively and everything. He's great. But Posey, he's an excellent defensive catcher. Rookie of the year, MVP, three-time World Series champion, 300 batting average, career. 303 batting average, career. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't have the total numbers, maybe, but. That's because the guy catches every freaking day. So, of course, yeah. well, it was, anyways. Like, of course, his power production is going to tail off. Well, plus the ballpark he plays in. Yeah, that's not an easy hitter's park. No, especially for a right-handed hitter. That's a tough park, man. Yeah, definitely. Trey Turner's second in the league in stolen bases, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> How many does he have? Ten? <laughs> what's, what's that? How many does he have? He's got 18. Wow. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Merrifield's got 22 stolen bases. He's, he, he leads it. But Tatis has 16. And, man, t- I don't understand. Tatis missed so much time this season compared to, like, to, for him to be even in the home run race and the stolen base lead race. Like... That's ins- oh okay so Tatis is actually hitting 297. He must not be among qualifiers because I was looking among qualified yeah. bat- uh, batting average. Yeah, although it's 297 would have put him the 15th, I think. I can't wait to see the the home run derby this year. In it's in Colorado. That's gonna be insane. Oh yeah, it's gonna probably Otani Vlad. Tatis, maybe. Alonso, I think, is doing it, too. Because he yeah, won they, it last year. Oh, yeah. They said Schwarber, Schwarber said he... I don't know. I thought he said he wasn't going to do it or something. That freaking sucks. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and, he, and, and you know, he won... Uh, was it 2018 or 19? He 
he hit the most home runs in the home run derby, but he lost to Bryce Harper in the final. Oh yeah. Yep. But he hit, he had the most overall home runs. Like just imagine like Schwarber, Otani, yeah, Vlad, all these dudes at cores, like, oh god. <laughs> like mammoth home runs. I wanna see Vlad, man. That dude just <laughs> I don't know. Well, he was the one who hit more. He actually hit more than Alonzo last year, didn't he? Yeah. Or two years. Well, I think it was two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think they did. They have it last year. They, no, uh, no, they didn't have it last year. Yeah. Wow. Vlad is just third. Oh my god. <laughs> that guy is finally. You know, it took him a little time, but he's living up to the hype right now. But losing all that weight was big. Well, yeah. not. Not big because he's not big anymore. <laughs> yeah, just his swing is just like, dude, he just crushes the ball. Yeah, looks just like his dad, man. <laughs> it really does. Just not as much as of a free swinger. No, that's true. Takes a little more pitches. His father just swung it up, but you know, different time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not you gonna. Know. But he hitting a ball that go, it goes in the dirt and he just gets a hit off of it. Yeah. I saw a crazy stat like like a week or two ago, and like Vladdy was putting up like his OPS plus. I think it was over two hundred. And oh. I, I want to say I don't know where it is now, but like I I want to say the only guys on that list that have ever done that. Like were Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds did it like five times or something, <laughs> and like there was a, like a sprinkle of like some other players. But yeah, okay. Vlad's OPS plus is two hundred right now. Hmm. It's exactly two hundred. Well, I don't know about after today, but that's Baseball Reference, so not updated yet. But that's fucking crazy. Well, they have they had Jacob Degrom's ERA plus like a couple games ago when he had oh like a point four nine ERA. His ERA plus was like seven twenty two. I thought that was something insane, like <laughs> just totally, you know, off the charts. Wild. I mean, right, but coming into tonight, it was at five fifty four. That's <laughs> that's just nuts. Hmm. That's that's just. I mean, what DeGrom's doing, too, this year is this dude, I'm shocked he, like, like he's not going to pitch a no-hitter or, like, something like that. He just, his stuff is just amazing. Yeah, somebody took off the uh, the sliders on the MLB, the show tonight, in order for him to give up those three runs in the first. <laughs> yeah, really. The hell is that all about? <laughs> they they said no, you're too good. We gotta we gotta t- take the difficulty <laughs> down or something. They took put it back to rookie mode. <laughs> so I wonder if his ERA goes up to one. <laughs> yeah, no, it hasn't. It's at zero point nine five. Wow, is that is that <laughs> actually updated though? I don't know. I think on the MLB app it is updated, right? Oh yeah, I think so. So, to coming into tonight, it was at it was a nice 
Zero point six nine. That's fucking crazy, man. Degrom is just. <laughs> oh man, the, if he had the full lineup, like no injuries, on and that team, uh, how many wins? Like uh, we could be talking about the Mets as like the the best record in baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just don't. I, it doesn't matter. You could put anybody in that lineup. They just won't score runs for them. No. He's like cursed that way. It is weird. Yeah, yeah you, have, you literally have a lineup of like Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, Ted Williams. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> just go two runs. <laughs> like it's just weird. Yeah, I don't get it. I do not get it. Do you think they put like I don't know? I had a theory about that. Like, do you think they put just too much pressure on themselves because they know that like that's a thing? Like they know that. We don't get him run support, and it's been told to them so much that, like, they're just, like, pressing at the plate. Like, we got to get this dude run support because he's so good. He's too good not to lose or not not to win every game that he pitches. It's pos- very possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people forget about the ment- mental side of the game a lot of times. And obviously, I, I have nothing to base that off of. Like, I have no idea if that's the case or not but it just it just feels like i don't yeah. know sometimes if they face like tough like easy, easy pitchers on the other side too and it's like how are you not whacking this dude you know well that's what i think it is too like what you just said they face easy pitches on the other side so if you got the ground facing trevor williams or whatever just using his name as an example but <laughs> the the pitcher on the other side also has to step up his game. The Cubs injured list. All right. Well, uh, uh, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, even if it's a scrub pitcher on the other side, okay, or some, you know, fourth or fifth starter, that pitcher has it in his head that I gotta go out and match the ground. Mm -hmm. I'm facing the best of the best. So maybe it's the pitcher on the other side also that steps up his game against the Mets lineup because he's facing DeGrom and knows that DeGrom's only going to give up a run or two. So I got to match him if my team has a chance to win. That's a good point. Uh, You know, so I don't know if it's – but does that put too much pressure on himself then? I mean, you know, you don't know how people handle pressure either. So – level of competition. Yeah, it's definitely a good point. I mean they yeah, you they know? know who they're facing and they gotta they gotta make sure that they're freaking great and you know Yeah. No room for error. You know it was funny when DeGrom was in the minors, what was DeGrom and Syndergaard pitched back to back days against like the Port St. Lucie Mats like the Cardinals Finally, <laughs> down there or something. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I remember them tweeting stuff out. Like, we get to Grom and Syndergaard back-to-back nights. Like, how does this happen? <laughs> oh, my God. That was that was hilarious. They're, they're, uh, whoever runs their minor league uh, social media is yeah. uh, just great. <laughs> that, was, that was funny. Like, could you imagine just being like a single A dude? 
<laughs> oh, I'm facing Jacob DeGrom tonight. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Imagine oh the guy that got a hit off of him. Yeah, the one guy probably did like a somersault in the dugout or something. <laughs> Dude, I'd have that ball signed. I'd be like, give me that ball. Because <laughs> like, this is never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'd be all over that, man. Oh, that's, Just that's, putting a bat on the ball, period. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you're some 19-year-old, like, rookie A, and you're facing him. Yeah. Oh, man, that, that was that was freaking awesome. But what was their minor – which minor league team was it? I forget. I know it was the Cardinals minor league. I, I don't remember exactly what team it was, but it was the Cardinals minor league system. I can't remember which team it was, though. I don't remember if it was single A, like advanced A, or something like that. Hmm. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Wasn't it the Memphis Red Bull, Redbirds or something? Was It It might have been. Maybe. Which is, I don't even remember. I just can't imagine it, like, you know. Facing the ground. Yeah. But do you think do you think if you got like a hundred at bats against the ground, you think you'd get a hit? No, I I think it was the Palm Beach Cardinals, the low, the low low A team. There you go. That sounds familiar, actually. Palm Beach. Yeah. And that makes sense because it's down, I think it's by Port St. Lucie down there. Mm. <laughs> Man. Just, uh, I'm trying to remember what they, some of the tweets that they put out too. Some of them were just hilarious. They they kept going yeah. with it. Yeah. Hey, why not? <laughs> they said, I'm looking at one of. Them. Come on, Mets. What do you expect us to do with this? <laughs> oh, that's oh, awesome. Ch- Jacob Degrom left tonight's game due to right flexor tendonitis. Palm Beach Cardinals retweeted it. Oh, come on. Like, he's probably going to go on another rehab assignment, basically. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, there was a a tweet from the MLB account that said, unfair, uh, just a video of DeGrom, I think, striking somebody out. And then the Diamondbacks, it was against the Diamondbacks, so they said, agreed. And then the Palm Beach Cardinals replied, the support group meets Wednesday. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm trying to remember the there. There was like the uh, the original one that they put out. Oh my god, it just got me rolling. I can't find it. I'm looking for it. Was it Jacob DeGrom is throwing 102 miles per hour? Someone sent help. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what the first one I saw. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure they see that every day. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, god. So, um,. What do you guys think about all this sticky stuff? 
Um, I think it's a sticky situation. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I kind of think feel... MLB lost their grip. Oh, but um. Oh, nice. I think nice. I don't know. I I honestly think it's like ridiculous how much they're like cracking down on it. Like, I kind of agree with Scherzer the one he rea- the way he reacted. We're not fully, but I don't know. It just seems like they they need. I mean, pitchers need something to have a grip. Like they can't have no like control, like Chapman, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's almost like, like I love the way that Peter Moy- Peter Moylan kind of like talked about it, um, like how it was like all the baseballs, the brand new balls are like really chalky and stuff, and there's no consistency to the, like they they put mud on them, but like you you never know who's doing it and how much they're applying to the baseballs or whatever. So it's like they're just really inconsistent. So like you need some type of consistency with these the balls and like like if you grab one of them that's like really slippery like somebody somebody kind of like explained it as like a cue ball almost Mm. (laughs) um so i mean that's that's always great if you have a pitcher going up there throwing like 99 that's like tossing a cue ball um oh you know that's definitely but i mean like as far as like the spider tag i think it's like like obviously that shouldn't be allowed, but like, how do you, like mid season just cut everything off and they don't even have like, yeah, like a solution. Like there's no uh, okay, like added substance or like something that they can use for like more like banning rosin and sunscreen. Like, yeah, that's that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I mean, it. This conversation makes sense though for this podcast because it's pretty much just revolves around. That's why we came up with the name. What, um, <laughs> too, much, too much pod tar yeah. based on the you know the greatest pine tar incident in history with George Brett. Yeah. Yeah. Let them all use pine tar then. Fuck it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's you know the thing that I think people are most pissed about, especially pitchers is that one this is half-assed like everything else manford does mm-hmm. it's half-assed it's like all right we're gonna check everybody well you didn't say anything like you know there's no foreign substance that can be used there's no there's nothing there's not no guideline you know what i mean <clears throat> so these umpires not like the fans don't hate them enough as it is for yeah, the most right. part so now they have to go out and check the pitchers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Check the belts and check the thing. Come on. You know, it's like at least come up with a comprehensive plan. And another question I'd like to ask is where is Tony Clark in all this? Uh, yeah. He's the player's representative. Mm-hmm. Where is he? There's a CBA that expires December 1st. Mm-hmm. And you got man for doing shit like this. And you're not saying anything to protect your players? You're not, I don't know if that sits well with no. the players. You know what I mean? Not saying anything, not making any sort of statement. You know, and hitters have come out and talked about, you know, well, they want the pitchers to use something. You know, they don't want to get hit in the face. 
you know, it's just like I said, it's Manfred classic half acid, you know, mm. and we'll figure it out later on. Let's react instead of being proactive. Let's react to what people are saying and just have the umpires check all the pitches. Like, <laughs> what is that? Your yeah, professional man. sports organization, for God's sake. Like, yeah. come on. You know what's interesting? They actually checked. They, they, they were checking uh, just position players, too. <laughs> what it's are they going to meet him? They're going to meet him on the mound and, like, here, rub it on my glove? Yeah, mound visit. Yeah. You know. What the hell is that? Come on. Well, and then it's like, and the umpire is like, how are they supposed to tell or distinguish sometimes what's what's not sweat? And, you know, like, the guy's rubbing his hair. I'm like, okay, maybe some buildup. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, okay, that's, that feels too sticky. Like, and it's, what if it's not anything? Like, it just, it seems so ironic to me that the first guy that got caught Hector Santiago, <laughs> you know, some 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 journeyman lefty who's been yeah. all around the block, who doesn't probably like the the least anybody's worried about him getting suspended is the guy that's suspended. Like, not Bauer, not Cole, not Corbin Burns, not Maeda, not like, you know, it's it's Hector Santiago. Uh, what? <laughs> That whole thing is just stupid on his part, though, because you know that they're going to be checking. So why the hell would you even put, have anything on anyway? Well, right. Ex- yeah, exactly. But it, but it, but it also makes me wonder. And I mean, not to be like conspiracy theorist here, but like, is this just for show? Like we're yeah. doing something here. We're doing yep. something here. But like, eh, are it's all we about perception? You know, because they, they knew about this same same way they knew about steroids. They knew about yep. this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they docked it. I mean, MLB changed the baseballs. Yeah, and then they change it back, and then they blame it all on sticky stuff. But they say that they have no control over the way that the baseballs are produced and made. You know what? Yes, you fucking do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you fucking do. You own the fucking company that makes the balls. That's what what I don't understand. I never want Yeah, and they put these balls in play. So if the balls aren't up to a certain standard that they... Should have, then they won't be put in major league play. Yep. What do you mean they have no control of it? That's that's such bullshit. <laughs> you know they're passing. They're, typical too. They're passing a buck. They're blaming someone else. They're blaming this. They're blaming that. Stop blaming the baseball manufacturers. Stop blaming the pitchers for using sticky stuff. Stop blaming the hitters for a launch angle. Or steroids. Stop blaming everybody else and control your own thing. But Major League Baseball doesn't do that. Like no, I said, it, they're reactive. They react to what's going on and they're like, oh shit, we have to fix this. Oh shit, we have to fix this. Stop doing it and just feel like, look, this is the way we're going to play the game. And that's it. If you don't play the game that way, then you'll be suspended. Then you'll be whatever, you know. But make a decision. That's the problem I have with this whole thing is that Manfred can't make a decision and say, look, this is the way it's going to be. 
from here on out. That's it. You know, he does it like halfway through the season because the sticky stuff became a big deal. So it's like, okay, we have to do something now. Do it before the season and say, like, look, this is it. When those Uh, articles got released, like, I don't remember who came out with, like, the first, like, the first big name writer came out with the article. And then they're like, oh, my God, this is getting a lot of attention. And now we got to do something. And what do we do? And it's like, that's going to hurt our perception. But you know what? The more and more that it was, like, talked about and discussed and brought up, the more of the negative, like, backlash you're putting on baseball. Like, okay, why not just ignore it for this season? We'll discuss it next year or at the end of the season. We'll, we'll, that'll be something in the, you know, the CBA. Like, why... It just makes no sense to me that, like, yeah, halfway through the season you're going to do this. And, you know, to a certain extent, I feel for guys like Glass now. You know, like, what was it? Was it his injury due to this? Now, I don't know. Pro- probably not. You know, maybe, maybe not. But, you know, when you're doing something the same way that you've been doing it all season and, you know... Of course, doctors have come out and said, yeah, I mean, if you're tightening your muscles a little bit more or trying to over overdo it, you know, maybe trying to pick up like a little extra grip or whatever, like you feel like you have to hold the ball tighter that could affect things in your forearm or whatever. You know, I I feel for him, his frustration at that point, because obviously that's what it was. He's super frustrated, like the guy's pitching like one of the best pitchers in baseball and then he gets hurt. And it just so happens that it comes right after this and like he even said i don't use it for like i wasn't using spider tech i don't need any more spin rates i like like check all my you know college whatever or uh check all my starts like even that start that he pitched in like right after the crackdown he like he still had a great game like he's like i don't need it for spin rates i legitimately use sunscreen and rosin and i was using it for grip and then, you know, it's boom, it's changed. We're cracking down and then I get hurt. And so, like, yeah, if I was him, I'd be pissed off, too. You know. Like middle of the season, like the guys, I don't know, it's just it's a tough situation. Like, uh, I I don't know. I mean, of course, Manfred's like got the toughest job of anybody. Like, I, I mean, like I would hate to be in his shoes. I would hate to do that job. <laughs> but. Man, he gets criticized, and a lot of times, rightfully so. Like, how do you how do you do like the perception? You're just so worried about their perception, the perception of your game. But it's like, dude, like, you know, it's because people weren't the batting averages league wide were at like what career lows at the time, mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know. I don't know the exact number, of, even if it was like all time low, but. Like, the month of April was just brutal for offense. And so many strikeouts in the game. And they want more contact. And, like, now we have to over-adjust. But they deadened the ball. They changed the ball and deadened the ball more this offseason. So it's like, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, it has more to do with the approach of hitters than it does with, like, anything else. Like, they... Well, and the ball, but like 
100%. Hitters yeah, go up there and try to hit home runs every at-bat, like, besides, like, a certain amount of hitters that are just contact hitters. But there's, re- there's really, like, not that many con- just contact hitters anymore. Yeah, you need that in the game. You need that. People, they need to, they need to teach that. Like it needs to be more development on contact in, in, going on in the game. Like I think that needs to be. You need to have those guys, like those contact guys. You can always run into some home runs if you're a really good contact bat not everybody has to be this extreme launch angle type but they're teaching it from the lower levels up and that's why you see guys like joe adele come up and like his strikeout rates over 30 percent and then he goes back down to the minor leagues his strikeout rate's still close to 30 percent and everybody's like when's he going to be brought up well i don't know because his strikeout rate's still almost 30 percent so if he comes back up, where's his strikeout rate going to be? I don't know, over 30% because he's facing major league pitching. So, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it, like, what do you expect? Like, like, you're not teaching these guys. Like, you got to teach these guys how to make contact. 100% agree with you. The problem with a lot of this is, too, is that, like you said, like major league baseball is just – Going along to what the fans want, supposedly. I mean, it all started with pace of play. Then you had the sticky stuff. Then you had the juice balls. Then you had, like, you know, I mean, after, well, I'm talking about after steroids, which Bud Selig allowed to happen. But, I mean, why couldn't, why can't we just let the game go? You know, it seems like the game was fine until all these changes came came into place. I'm not talking about hitters wanting to hit the ball. Because, look, this is going to go through cycles. And I guarantee in five to ten years, you're going to see more stolen bases. You're going to see more athletic players rather than home run hitters. Because this is the way the cycle works. Because right now, like you said, women. Merrifield is leading the league in with 22 stolen bases. It's not like we're ever going to see a 50 stolen base guy again, right? Mm-hmm. The last guy to steal 70 bases in a season? Yeah, your boy, Alex. Jacoby Ellsbury. <laughs> oh. 2009. Wow. So it was 12 years since <laughs> someone stolen 70. All I'm saying is the game changes. It changed from the 60s to the 70s to the 80s to the 90s. I mean, it all changes. Yeah. And it's going to change again. It's going to go to athletic. It's going to go to more pitchability and less velocity. And I think that's what's going to happen. Because as that, as that goes, it'll go hand in hand. Because as pitchers are more concerned about pitching, Rather than hitting a hundred on a gun, you're going to need better defensive players, which is going to go hand in hand with athletic players in the field. With athletic players, you're going to have more stolen bases and stuff like that. I I honestly believe in five to ten years you're going to see a change. I understand the launch angle and why that became a big thing is because back in the 2000s when 
everyone was hitting home runs back then with steroids. Pitchers were taught, and like you said, Joey, at the lower levels, pitchers were taught to throw down in the zone. It's harder for the for the batter to lift the ball. Well, yeah, launch angle. Now all the hitters started to use a different bat path, bat bat path to lift the ball more. So now what you're seeing is four seamers up in the zone because you can't lift the ball when it's up in the zone or you're going to pop it up. So pitches adjusted. Now you're going to see batters adjust and you're going to see teams adjust. Like, I mean, look at 2014, 2015 when the Kansas City Royals made the World Series. Now they won it in 15. Did they have an ace on their staff? No. no. It was all bullpen. Greg Holland, Luke Hoshaver, Wade Davis. Kelvin Herrera. They had no ace. No one thought back then that you would see openers and there would be bullpen games. And this is only six, seven years ago. The Kansas City Royals changed the game that way. Because they went and won the World Series, made it twice, without an ace. And that changed the game. Now look at what every team does. Every team has two, three, four relievers that can come in, shut it down, sixth, seventh, eighth inning, and they only expect the pitchers to go five or six. The Royals, the Royals did that in 2015. They changed the game, and it's a copycat league. So someone, another team is going to come along, change the game, win something, and everyone's going to be like, oh, damn, look what they did. That worked. I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's going to be the new formula, whatever it is. (laughs) And with the Royals, if they draft Freilich at number seven, I wouldn't be surprised if it was them again. Going all athletic, all speed. You never know. Yeah, let me me ask you guys a question. And by the way, I 100% agree with you. Like Like, there will be a shift and a natural shift because you know you have to figure out how to beat your opponent and like the people in these departments for with or with these organizations all they do is study this stuff so they're going to figure out the next edge they're going to figure out how to beat the shift they're going to figure out how to put the ball in play and they're going to figure out how to build a team that works that way while still balancing some power guys mixed in there which i think is really the way that you have to do it but like, when's the last time you guys have seen a pitch out? Like, an, an actual pitch out in a game. Like, how, how often have, do we see pitch outs now? Do we do, like, just just wondering. When do you no guys... one does it. Yeah, no one does it because no one I steals. Remember, I don't remember last time I saw one. Like, we used to see pitch outs every game. I, I don't, like, I don't know the last time I've seen a pitch out. I think I've seen one. In a Cubs game this season, maybe two, like if that, and that was only because you got Jose Lobaton who can't, who couldn't Lobaton who couldn't throw anybody out. Literally has a, had a zero percent caught stealing rate. Um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there, but I mean, and Arietta is super slow to the plate. But 
you know, like, so teams will take advantage of that. But, like, other than that, just, there's no stolen bases, really. And, like, that makes the game more exciting, too. Like, as a fan, you want to see all these different types of plays. I want to see more triples. I want to see more stolen bases. I want to see more just action. Like, and strikeouts, don't get me wrong. The worst thing to me is an infield pop-up, infield fly, or, you know, just a pop-up on the infield. That's the worst play in baseball. It's not a strikeout because a strikeout, I can appreciate the art behind the strikeout of the pitcher, but, like, is everybody thinking that way? Like, not everyone is a big fan. Like, me, you know, you, Alex, you, Johnny, like, not everybody's looking at it from that perspective. They're just looking and seeing, like, oh, you know, the casual fans, nah, nothing's going on here. You know, no offense, no no fun. No movement, no fun. It's just a strikeout. He's going back to the dugout. So, like, that's big for the game itself, too, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I, I mean, you know, someone like me who's older, like, can remember back to like we used to watch. You know, my dad was a big Mets fan, so he watched watched him play the Cardinals, and the Cardinals back in the '80s were all about speed. They had Jack Clark, was the only guy on the team that could hit a home run. You know, but they had Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee, Tommy Herr, like Vince Coleman. You know, all these guys that would run all over the place. But that's the way Whitey Herzog built the team. Is like, look, we play in Bush Stadium, which is a big park. So it's not like we're going to sign a bunch of home run hitters. But we play on AstroTurf. So let's get a bunch of guys with the ball on the ground. They're going to run the hell out of the ball. (laughs) And that's what he did. And it was great because every Every time you watch the game, it was like you never knew what was going to happen. Balls were put in play. Guys would steal a base. Guys would get thrown out at second. Like, you know, I don't know. It was just so – it was exciting baseball. You know, and like you said, Joe, like for us, for fans, like like us, like I can appreciate the strikeout. I can appreciate a guy working a walk, you know, and stuff like that. Like I get it. But it's still not – Nice to see some movement yeah. on the field because there's no movement by any of the players when there's a walk or a strikeout or a home run. No one moves. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to see the first base. You want to see the second baseman move, the shortstop back up second. You want to see the catcher throw the ball. You want to see the, you know, you want to see stuff going on. And I think a team that, that does something like that that uses speed when the rest of the league isn't is going to take a lot of these defenses by surprise. Yeah. And put pressure on the defenses. I mean, a lot of these defenses, you know, half the guys play on shift and stuff like that. Like, you know, what happens when you can't shift? What happens when you don't know what this guy's going to do? What happens when he can lay down on a bunt and beat it to first base? What's your third baseman going to do? You know, all of a sudden, is Matt Chapman that good? I'm just using his example because he's, you know, a top third baseman defensively. But I'm just saying, is he that good of a third baseman 
when you got guys bumping down the third baseline, he's going to barehand it and throw to first. He never has to do that. Right. Because you would never put him in that position. So I'm waiting for a team to put guys like that in a position. Put the first baseman, put the pitchers in a position to jump off the mound and actually field the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of these guys even practice this anymore. To be honest with you, <laughs> we've seen so many mistakes this year. I don't know if it's me, but I've seen a lot more mistakes in the field and base running especially this yeah. season than yeah. than ever before. Oh yeah, the Yankees have like the highest amount of base running errors in the league. I think. Oh man, I don't know. I've seen the Cubs. You know, a typically great base runner. Typically, I've seen him make. A handful of mistakes that I'm like, who the hell is this on the bases? <laughs> like Rizzo getting picked off. Rizzo, what are you doing? Like I, you know, people forgetting how many outs there are. You know, yeah, it's it's that's what I mean. It, it's it's just, like it's, it's almost like these drills aren't done anymore. No, it's all batting practice. Yeah, there's no more like. Base running drills, situational drills. And I'm sorry, I might sound like an older guy, like with that, but I'm sorry, but you know, you do the fundamentals. You do the fundamentals right, and everything else, then you can use your instincts. But you can't use instincts if you don't have the basics down. Because mm-hmm. as much as you may gain a run through your instincts, you'll lose three more by having a bonehead play because you don't have the basics down. I'll tell you a team who, who's been – how I've seen, obviously, firsthand, um, what, you know, watching the Cubs, I've seen a team get killed by just their, not only their defensive alignment – well, a lot of it is to do with the defensive line, but then their defense itself, and that's the San Diego Padres. Like, the way they shift, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if another team does it the way that they quite do it. I, I don't understand why they do it, but if a team just puts the ball in play against them at, at the times that they do this alignment where they have, like, Manny Machado playing right field, basically... It's like a short right field that he plays, the, this stupid alignment that they do. L- listen, they're turning, and I'm not saying that the shift doesn't work and whatever. Like, yeah, the shift, a lot of times, the reason why they're aligned the way that they are for most teams when they do the shift is because they're expecting the ball to go a certain direction. And the hitters haven't adjusted that much to it, so the shift, a lot of times, it works. But the way they do it, they're turning a relatively easy play into a hard play the way they have Manny Machado like playing a, a really good he's a really one of the best third basemen defensively in the league but you couple him with Tatis on the left side of the infield who Tatis hasn't been great defensively like say what you want about his offense terrific defensively he's made a, lot, a ton of errors um yeah. But then you have, you know, Machado out there and playing like short right. Like, I mean, it's deep. Like he has to charge like a slowly hit grounder to the right side. 
He's got to make like a running, charging play. And all these teams have to do is just put the bat on the ball. And, you know, you might get a base hit out of it or force an error, which they'll market an error, which really it shouldn't even be an error because it's just a hard play. Because, again, the analytics departments are saying that this is what the team should do when in reality there's ways to beat it if they just taught the players how to beat it. Yeah. Well, no one's taught them how to beat it yet. Yeah. Like no one, you know, the the shift has been around for a while and no one seems to think that, you know, and it's, it, it's, it's almost ironic to me the fact that we put such an emphasis on on-base percentage now. Like guys who walk a lot are great because you're getting on-base. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're a left-handed hitter and they're going to shift you, wouldn't a bunt down the third baseline? Yeah, you get on it's first. Wouldn't, isn't that just as good as a, as a walk? <laughs> so I mean, you're on first, right? So on base percentage, like why wouldn't you concentrate on that? It just—it seems like they don't even focus on. Like, nobody even teaches bunting anymore. Like no. No, like pitchers can't even bunt when they. Oh my god! Don't even get me fucking started. <laughs> Tyler Wayne can't even fucking bunt. He's that's just like an only job. He fucking he. No one bunts. He really popped that's up. It. Like Tyler Wade bunt, like popped up to trying to bunt before. Like it's ridiculous. Dude, has, the, the amount of the National League. First of all, they need the universal DH, and I'm I'm done yes. with it. Yes, I'm yes, done. Do. I'm so sick of it because we might get. And I don't mean to cut you off, Alex, by any means. We might get a, a terrific performance by a pitcher hitting, like, in a game, right? It, DeGrom, okay, yeah, he's hitting great for a pitcher. And for anybody, really. I don't know what he's at now, but, he, you know, he was having basically an RBI almost every start. Okay, but for the most part, the pitchers that are hitting fucking suck. When they can't even put down a bunt, <laughs> what are they doing in the lineup? And then you're risking injuries. I'm so sick of it. Oh, you know, National League ball, like, you know, uh, coaches, they, 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 there's more of a mental game, and they have to pick and choose when they're going to pinch hit and who they're going to double switch. You know what? Fuck that. I'm sick of, I'm sick of like – this game of cat and mouse between, and then all you're doing really is setting up the manager to fuck it up somehow. So take the, the decision-making as much as possible out of the manager's hands, because more times than not, it just leaves us frustrated from the decision that they're inevitably going to make. And you don't even see pitchers work that deep into games period anyways. So why do we have a pinch hitter hitting in the fourth inning and the pitcher is not even allowed to work deep. Maybe he has it going better than we expected him to in the first inning. He might be up to 80 pitches, but he's worked four scoreless innings since the first inning. And all of a sudden, he's coming out after the fifth inning because we got to get this pinch hitter up there, and there's guys in scoring position. Or there's a runner on first with one out or two outs. And, you know, it, just fuck that. Universal DH, I'm sick of it. I'm sorry. I'm done ranting, but <laughs> I, I completely agree, though. 
I don't even know where I was going with that, but I, I honestly just can't stand the, yeah, I'm just done with that. And pitchers should, everybody should know how to bunt. That's this one-on-one goes back to the fundamentals that Johnny was talking about. I honestly think that like, I mean, we talked about this before, like on the primetime chat, but like they can, maybe they can do something where if you have a pitcher that can hit like DeGrom, like you can choose to actually hit him, but yep. every, every other team can have the DH though. Like if you don't, yep. if, if you have somebody that doesn't know even know how to bunt, you can actually put in a DH. I mean, they basically do that with Otani, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You get to save the rest of your lineup if you have a pitcher that can hit, like DeGrom. But literally, it's basically just DeGrom. Like, who else in the NL? Like, Huascar Enoa, who's on the IL? Um, like, okay, yeah, on the IL, too. Yeah, he's like, on the yeah. Who's... You know who's really lighting the world on fire at the at the plate? Michael Lorenzen, who plays the outfield too. Like, uh, I don't know. Bring Micah Owens back. <laughs> <laughs> Micah Owens, yeah. Mike, yeah. Bring, bring Mike Hampton back. Mike Hampton, yeah. And yeah, Arietta used to be a good hitter too, but man, yeah. not anymore. Fuck. We had the one big home run of Bumgarner. <laughs> Oh my God! One of the best hits I've. That man. was I. I was in shock <laughs> when he hit that. I was like, I couldn't believe it. That was incredible. Talk about like stepping up to the plate, literally. Just wow. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a few, few and far between. You know, and like you said, like Otani hits for himself, and he's in the American League. You just have the damn DH, and if you want to have your pitcher hit, go ahead. Because there were there were some guys that, you, and you may see with the success of Otani. This is another thing, with the yeah. success of Otani, you may see some players in the next few years too that'll try something similar, and some teams that are willing to try it. How about that Bubba Chandler guy? Bubba Chandler, Spencer Schwellenbach. There's oh, yeah. a couple guys in, the, in you know coming out in the draft this year. I mean, these guys throw 97 on the mound and they're hitting. I mean, look at the the kid the Reds have. Of course, they made him mostly a pitcher, uh, Hunter Green. Oh yeah. You know the Rays have Brendan McKay. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's just a matter of a team actually doing it. Like, it takes balls because you're drafting this guy and you're saying, okay, we're going to make you the next Otani. You know, Otani was the next Babe Ruth. But now now it's like, all right, you're going to be Aro Shohei Otani. If it doesn't work out, I mean, you look like a fool. You know, you look like, you know, you ruined this kid, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, so. The Angels had... The Angels didn't have anything to lose, really. They were bringing this guy over from Japan, and he did it over there. So it was like, all right, let's do it. Whereas a lot of these teams drafting, you know, if a kid is good on the mound and they start playing him in the field on his off days and stuff and he ruins his arm, blah, 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 you know, obviously the fan base is going to be up in arms and, Paying this guy all this money and stuff, blah blah blah. So, but I think you might see it. 
I mean, you might I, say that, that. See that. That just goes like to the natural seismic, ch- uh, the natural change that goes over time. Yeah. Like, like yeah. the fact that we could even see that, like, without any, without any change, just goes to show that really baseball doesn't need a whole lot as far as like the changes. Like the rule, there's just some things that you got to clean up. Like, of course, as we're talking about this universal DH. We're talking about a rule change, but I mean, like that's like such a minor thing. And I think if you would ask the players, ninety-five percent of them, if not more, are in favor of it. So like, and you open yourself up to like those th- types of things of like two-way players and stuff. And you know, yeah, it's a little bit risky, but I mean, I don't see a reason why they can't do it because if you look at like pitchers. For example, everybody's so worried about Otani. Everybody's so worried about Otani. Has he dealt with injuries early on in his career? Yes, of course. You know, could that have happened to anybody? Yeah, it could have. You know, especially for pitchers. Like, they deal with injuries a lot. Like, it it happens. Like, pitchers go down. Look at Steven Strasburg. He gets hurt just about every year. When he's healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in the game. Is it because he hits? The days that he pitches, I don't think so. I think it, it, it's just, it's not that. So, like, Otani, the fact that he plays more, yeah, he's more susceptible to injury. But, like, look at him this year. Like, if, if you wouldn't have allowed him to do both, we wouldn't have been able to see what we're seeing now, which is the most impressive thing I've seen. Like, one of the most impressive things I've seen ever. Like, a pitcher that could, I don't know what his ERA is at now, but it was below three as a pitcher. And obviously in the home run race, like, I mean, just incredible. Like he's hitting like pitchers still have to, even though they, they work on pitching and take bullpens. I think they still take batting practice. (laughs) They still have to bunt. They still have to take batting practice uh, like pitchers in the national league. So like, well, I don't know about that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how much they do, but you know, but yeah, I don't know the way <laughs> the way <laughs> the way, the way the things are. I mean, well, are let me they? ask you this uh, question then. I mean, let me ask you this question then. So, if you have someone like Otani, okay, who's doing something that's historic, pitching and hitting, and pitching and hitting like he does, like at a high level, do you take a guy and take five years of that production? Or do you take 10 years of production on one side of the ball? So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to someone like Otani. I don't want to answer a question with a question. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, say, say someone like Otani. Oh, he's got, he's leading the American League and he's leading the major leagues in home runs. Right. And he's got, well, before yesterday, he had like a 2.5 ERA. So if you have someone like him and you're going to give him double duty, but you cut his playing time in half, basically, longevity-wise. Would you take that for five years, or would you take one or the other for ten years? Okay, so... You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I, I still have a... I, well, I still have a question, though, because, like... Go ahead. So, are you saying that his longevity would, wouldn't be... A, 
as long because because of the nature of pitching and hitting, or like why is his longevity? Well, you're taking that chance. Yes, you're taking that chance, and the likelihood is that it won't be as long. But you never know. Because but I'm I saying, if if we're gonna put absolutes on it, yes, you have five years of Otani, Otani doing both, or ten years of him doing one or the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you take as a franchise? That's tough because, because that's that's a lot of the, that because that's a question. I mean, I think a lot of these franchises are looking at with a guy like Bubba Chandler, Spencer Swallowback, like guys who play both. That's a lot of the question they're saying is like, all right, if we pitch this guy every fifth day and have him hit, we're cutting down his total time that he's going to be productive. Whereas if we just have him on one side of the ball, we might have him long. So that's why I asked the question. So, okay. So obviously a lot of this has to, we have to consider the contract situations too with this, because if you're, if, Obviously, when you draft a guy, you know, you have your arbitration years, you have your team control, whatever. But after that, you're going to have to, you know, sign him to an extension. So for the next team or your team, if you want to extend him, that would be something, I think. I think if I I was running an organization, now, obviously, I'm just a fucking idiot sitting on my couch watching baseball. But, like, if I was running an organization, I would say... I w- I'm I would be more willing to risk it because of the fact that you don't have to extend him and you can reassess it. Like if you were to draft a guy, say like somebody coming out of this draft, if you were to draft a guy, you can do that and develop him and take, you know, your team control years, you know, playing on his rookie deal, whatever. And then you can reassess the situation afterwards. And also, I think a lot of thing, other things are at play. So, like, you could you could turn him into, like, say one of those things don't work out. Or, or like, the longevity issue comes into play with the pitching. Like, he's not as effective as a pitcher. But he can still hit. All right, so now we're going to shut off the pitching after, you know, let's say, you know, your five years or whatever. Like... Now he's just a hitter after those five years. But I've always thought with these two-way guys, I think the best way to utilize them, now obviously Brendan McKay, we haven't seen this from him, but I I never really looked at him as like some terrific pitcher that everybody else did. So I don't know. But like I've always thought the the pitchers, the best way to utilize the two-way guys is to pitch them as relievers, not as starters, and then have them as hitters because then you don't have the the taxing of the arm so much of like I got to go out there and give you five innings. Yes, it's only every fifth day, but you know I could work my bullpens and not throw so many pitches. But I mean, Otani's a starter, so like I think he's just a freak of nature here in this situation. But I don't know. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. But I think I would be more if I were running a, a team, I would be more willing to risk it because you could get out of it if it, it, as long as you're drafting the guy or taking the guy as a 
like an international prospect or something, I would do that and be more willing to risk it because I could get out of it before the next contract. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I wasn't thinking contract-wise, but I was just thinking in general. But, yeah. And and not only that, I, I wonder if you'll see that more. I, yes, I know Otani's a starter, so his situation's a little different. And I wonder if guys would do that. Like, you know, teams would do that with someone, you know, like I said, Bubba Chandler, just to use an example. If they start him at third base and then bring him into close. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, you know, something like yeah. that. Like, yeah. <clears throat> you know, have him play third base till the ninth inning and then bring him into close and then put yeah. defensive replacement at third base or whatever. Because obviously, if they're bringing him into the close, they have the lead. So, you know, something like that. I wonder, like, if teams would would do stuff like that. That would be. So- I don't know about a starter like Otani is because you know he's like you said he's just a freak. It's you know something we've never seen. So who knows where that's going to go? But but as a reliever, I mean. You get to bat a few times, and then you come in and throw one inning off the mound. Air it out. You know, if you're a guy that can hit 97, 98 on a gun, and you have a good secondary pitch, why not? What you just described would be so fucking entertaining. Like, like, and just, just the value alone. Like, of course... I think we can all agree that Otani's probably the most valuable player in baseball this season. Like, I don't know what his actual war is because oh, yeah. how, how do you quantify the? I mean, you could probably add up the pitching war and the hitting war. I don't know. Well, I that's looked. a whole other question mm-hmm. of how they determine that actually. But that's a story for another day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How do they determine it? But like, just like think about it. Like, how valuable would that player be? I mean, not not just Otani, but like, a, like the the example you gave, like a third baseman, and then go, coming in to close out the game, a three-two game or something, as a closer, get the save. Like, how valuable would that player be? It, that's that's, I don't know. I I think it goes back to your other question. That's why I would be more willing to do it. But if I, like if I had if I had a team that was like in win now ish mode. Like, we're not really doing a rebuild or, like, a retooling, say. It would depend how, like, advanced they are at both sides. Like, how advanced of a pitcher is he? How advanced of a, a position player or hitter is he? Uh, or, like, I think you have to consider, like, no, nah, maybe we'll just take, like, a college guy if we're, like, more ready to compete right now because that guy can be here in like a year or two, like an advanced college hitter or or even pitcher that maybe could come in out of the pen, like a Garrett crochet or something, or, you know, something like that. Just example. But uh, I think it would definitely depend on what team you have and, you know, what guys you have in the organization around the MLB roster right now too. Yeah, so I, I agree with that. I guess Johnny, yeah. like, like, what team could you what like with that said, like, what team could you see taking like a Bubba Chandler, like, like what, 
Who, I mean, of course, there's a lot of interest. But he's probably going first round, but, like, who would you, what what team fits? Like, who, I don't know. Mm. I could see the Rays taking someone like him. Definitely. Because he could be an opener, and they go into the field. Yeah. You know, something like that, because they, they were the first ones to use the opener on and a regular they, basis. And they had McKay. And they had McKay. So, I mean, it's like I could see a team like that doing something. Another team I could see doing something like that is possibly the A's. Just because they try to maximize everything they get out mm-hmm. of their players. And so I could see them doing something like that. Whether it's a closer or opener, you know, playing the field, however they mix it in. But, like, when I said third base to a closer, I was just thinking, like, think of the Dodgers. If you had Justin Turner and Kenley Jansen as the same player, like, you play third base, bay innings, and then come in and close the game. But it's one guy. Think how valuable that would be. Yeah, I don't even know how you put a number on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I mean, I I just think you know it was just an interesting question. I just think you know we talk about changes in the game, and we've been talking about rule changes and blah blah blah, and how, how the game's going to evolve, like where it's going to go from here. And I just think that's one of the aspects because Otani has shown that physically it's possible to be done. Someone can pitch every sixth day or fifth day, sixth day, whatever, and still lead the league in home runs. And, you know, someone can do what Babe Ruth did. Of course, Ruth only did it for two years. People give him a lot more credit than he deserves with that, but. Agreed. Yeah, they don't realize that he stopped doing that after. (laughs) Yeah, he only pitched and hit for two years. 1917, uh, I think it was. 18 and 19. Yeah. But he pitched exclusively before that. And then he hit exclusively after that once he got to the Yankees. Yeah. So people people think that, like, you know, he was doing this for years, but it's not the case. But that's the thing, though. Look at the name that Babe Ruth turned into. I mean, you know, you you can't ask... You can't even mention his name without somebody recognizing him, or like you can't even mention baseball well, yeah. without somebody recognizing Babe Ruth. And like, like you said though, exclusively pitcher, exclusively hitter, basically for the most part, two separate stints. Now, like, like we talked about, I think that that's that's possible for them to do, like that exactly, like what you mentioned. Maybe not start. I don't think they can start in this this age of baseball as an exclusive pitcher and then co- become a hitter. I mean, I suppose it's always possible. Like and people have done that; they've made the transition. Like Brooks uh, Kieschnick or whatever. Um, you know, there's other guys. Rick Ankeel. Rick Ankeel. There, yeah, there's definitely other guys that have done it. But I mean, like maybe not to the success that we're kind of thinking about here, but. Like, I think they would have to start as both to begin with. But I think it's always possible that they just wipe out one of them uh, later on. To But they still keep, like, a very valuable 
Like it's there's there's still a very valuable player based on how good they are at whatever that they're doing. Like like if they develop both those skills to top notch, but one of them deteriorates or like say the arm gives out or you know, like they could still be a tremendous, you know, regular first baseman or something. Like I don't know. I just I see possibilities there. Definitely not to Babe Ruth level though. Um, but <laughs> anyway. You've been listening to too much podtar. And it's been over two hours, so Oh my god. <laughs> we knew this was gonna happen, didn't we? <laughs> I blame you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're those rails that we were supposed to go off. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there is rails. God, fucking. Oh my god, it's a flat earth and we fell off. <laughs> oh, I gotta mute myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, I guess we, you know, we gave the people what they wanted. They haven't been on. We haven't been on here for, for well since before the season started, right? Yeah. So I think the, our fans have been waiting a long time for this. Are all uh, maybe like ten listeners that we had? I think or something. It will take. Most, I mean, most of them are with our, with prime time, but, you know, we'll take it. But, oh, uh, yeah, as always, thank you for listening once again to Too Much Pod Tar. And, you know, you can never have too much Pod Tar, but, I mean, these days you can have too much Pine Tar, but never have too much Pod Tar. Uh, we'll try to do some episodes here. Maybe do a pre-draft kind of show before the draft, or maybe even just right after the draft, going down what happens. Or and depending on our schedules, maybe we try to do a live show like we did with the NFL draft as well. So that would be cool. But yeah, keep in, keep uh, listening, and hopefully. For my sanity, the Yankees turn it around. And I mean, I think I think Johnny already lost his sanity with the Twins. I don't think they're turning around anytime soon. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to mute myself before. But uh, at least Joey has the Cubs who are doing pretty good right now. Oh, well, let's not, no. They're on a six-game losing streak, so... That's, oh, yeah. Yeah, and now they're six games back in the division after getting swept by Milwaukee. After being in first place, like, a week and a half ago. Oh. So... Brewers got hot, six, man. Sorry, they're actually six and a half games back because the Brewers won tonight. So Brewers got real hot. Yeah, they're not... They've won nine straight. <laughs> and you know what? They're oh. pitching... They're, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I know you were in their outro... There's two, there are three starting, like, they're three-headed monster of, like, Woodruff, 
Peralta Burns is just oh, ridiculous. Yeah. So, and I know they've had a cupcake schedule here in the month of June, and the Cubs have seemingly faced like every tough starter, starting pitcher that they could have possibly faced against the opposition in every series. But you know, it's I don't know. I'm oh boy. Yeah. Some well, cheese. You want some cheese with that wine? <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth, Jeez. though. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh my god. Let's Time. let's just move on. Time <laughs> well, I I you know what? I'm trying to enjoy the last. Now it's it's almost like a foregone conclusion that the Cubs are probably selling at the deadline. Window is closed. And we, uh, well, I mean, obviously they're going to wait two weeks to fully decide and we'll see how it plays out. But the Brewers just won tonight. So I'm trying to enjoy the last few days that we have here of, like, the core guys together. And, yeah, that's it. Hopefully for a turnaround, Nico Horner will be back this weekend. Need that contact hitter. That dude's a stud. But anyways, Alex. Continue. Ignore my my whining and my sadness. <laughs> oh, the twins will be selling. So oh, you know, yeah. hey, you want you want Barrios? Anybody? Anybody? I, no. I was thinking the Cubs potentially could have bought him like a week and a half ago, and now I'm thinking, hey, do you want uh, Jason Hayward? No, <laughs> huh? you, nobody wants him. But uh, you know, not with that contract. Oh man. Damn, I'm so I'm gonna be I'm I mean I'm not like I love Hayward for what like say what you want about the contract the contract's terrible of course but you know uh, what he did in 2016 for the team the speech in between innings you know all that was said about that the leadership that he's had on the team like the oh, yeah. the uh, the defense for the most part all all throughout and. You know, all these guys, like, these big-time contracts, all the contracts that we see fail all the time, like, at least he's stayed healthy throughout all this, this basically this entire contract. So... Jacoby up great cough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rosny Castillo, not not healthy, but just... Oh, oh what a brutal contract. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, some people are like, is that the worst contract in sports history? Like, no, not even close, dude. <laughs> no, not even. But uh, yeah, it was a bad contract. But uh, I mean, like, I mean, I'll be so happy to see it come off the books, and hopefully the Ricketts become like uh, a legit spender again because, like, stop acting like a cheap buck. They should call uh, Angelos in uh, Baltimore and ask him how that Chris Davis contract's going. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> talking about the worst contract of baseball. God, right now for sure, he's been the most. The- Definitely the worst contract in baseball. Dude, I, well, I, I texted in the, the chat. So he's been, he will be paid through next year, 119 million. He's got a negative 2.6 WAR. And he's owed 42 million. They will be paying him until 2037, I think. He's the next Bobby Bonilla. That's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> they paid him 119 million in seven years for negative war. They could have brought up some. I could have played for them. <laughs> <It> did better. 
Ugh, that's so fucking brutal. <laughs> and the fact was, I remember when they signed him to that contract. Everybody, like, and I thought about it too. I was like, why are they paying him this much? No one was, it's not like they had any competing offers. Oh. No one was paying a 30 year old power hitting first baseman $20 million a year. I don't know. I, like, they could have signed him to $10 million. And if you said no, let him walk. Like, what, <laughs> what the hell was that? That is the most like ridiculous thing you know what his OPS plus has been the last four years two (laughs) 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 so like okay it's 2017 96 not terrible but below average 2018 49 2019 61 2020 in his 16 games, negative seven. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> zero home run. I was uh, giving him credit <laughs> when I said two. <laughs> <laughs> he actually has a negative seven in here. <laughs> That's insane. That's just insane. You you overshot him by nine points. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I don't understand and look, I don't know what's going on with Chris Davis, but the dude just fell off the map. I mean, how do you just like stop like uh, talk about falling off a cliff? Oh my god. Talk about falling off rails. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he so, went off so, the rail. He went off the rail over the bridge into the fucking river. <laughs> like he was completely like broke his hip in the process. Oh, sorry. Literally though, he had hips. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he just completely forgot how to hit. And what, what was his streak? Oh, for forty-six or something like that. Like he was. Yeah. Like he just completely forgot how to hit. unbelievable it was like in keel when Keel was a pitcher i mean he led the league in strikeouts as a rookie he still has the re- he still has the record of most strikeouts in the season by a st louis cardinals pitcher oh. and two years later he couldn't find the plate it's just so weird like some of these guys remember well i don't know if alice is old enough to remember this but remember chuck knobloch yeah, the yips. <laughs> Good throw to first base. Yeah. <laughs> he was we a talk. gold-gloved second yeah. baseman. And all of a sudden, he turned out to be a real douchebag anyway, but <laughs> I thought Jose Otuve caught a case of Chuck Knobloch in the last postseason. Jose Otuve almost, he's, he, not to that extent, but Man, it seemed like he had the yips in uh, the playoffs last year. Yeah. But obviously he's, you know, not doesn't have it now, but... Yeah, man, he, got it like, right, he got it right, but... And then, yeah, like, guys, weird. Mickey Sasser. <laughs> Mickey Sasser, could, yeah, couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher.
the, the Pirates had a guy back in the 70s, this is before, but I read about him. Uh, Steve Blass was a pitcher. Won like 20 games for the, the, the Pirates in like 1970. And the following season, like he couldn't find the plate. Like he just couldn't throw the ball to the plate. And it, like his career was over. That was it. It's just so weird. Well, I think we extended Alex's outro long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Alex went to sleep. Now he's sleeping. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> we fucked up. Two Anywho. more pop- What? So much for the rails. That's it for the rails. I think we need more coke rails. <laughs> yeah, right? Some more booger sugar. <laughs> this has been an episode of Too Much Pod Tar. But it's also been an episode of Lost Rails. Off the, off the rails with Joe. Oh, make another Make another podcast. It's called Off the Rails without Elliot on it. There you go. Just talk about like, not even just baseball, just anything. I want to. I want to make a podcast called Three Idiots Talking. <laughs> Three we, we'll we'll acronym it. We'll short it out called Tit. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect, dude. That oh. is perfect. <laughs> Come listen to us. Grab your tit right here. <laughs> you, got, you got your tit. You got your tip for the balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Today we oh, have a bit of a sticky situation. Sticky <laughs> situation on your tip. If anyone wants to come on our show. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh man, we could keep oh, going on. Oh boy. <laughs> we got a lot of stickers for you on that show. Oh man. You know it's That's cold on fact you got the hard tits here. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh man, <laughs> that is perfect though. That We're is beautiful. That. We're doing that. Oh shit. Anyways, the three idiots gotta stop talking. Yeah, top of bed. Yeah. Way past my bedtime. Well, you're off. Yeah, I'm off tomorrow. Hey, I got stuff to do, guys. Yeah, work tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, I gotta work tomorrow. Yeah. I gotta be I gotta work at eight o'clock. Uh, it's brutal, man. Yeah, I'm about the same time. Well, no. An hour difference for me, but yeah. Be nine your yeah. time. Uh yeah. I usually go in at four. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like I'm checked out by like seven thirty, eight o'clock. I'm done. Damn. But, I got a four-day weekend, so yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself some some Johnny Blacks. 
Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to relax. Lots of writing to do this weekend. i got to yeah. work on my mock. Do some profiles. But get the house to myself tomorrow morning. So, like, all, all day. So it'll be Ooh. nice. Just sit, just sit here with the cat. Drink some <laughs> beers at 9 o'clock in the morning. Write some profiles. <laughs> do my mock. <laughs> wow. Johnny's skipping the, the coffee going straight to the beer. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll have some coffee, throw some Baileys or something, Just, and you know. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got, I got a lot of uh, the hard coffee here in my fridge. If you want it, I can't stand it. What is it? Hard coffee? Hard coffee. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, alcohol with coffee. I got Pabst. And I, I had some wow. other stuff too. But I, I don't drink it. I don't like it. I love coffee and I love beer. The two of them combined? Yeah, Ooh. I don't know about that. <laughs> I've never tried yeah. it. I, I, maybe I'll try it and see if I like it. Ugh, I'm telling you right now. I hope you do because I'll send. I'll, I'll, I will one day ship them to you. Express ship them to you. <laughs> it, it's so fast. Dude, I can't stand. <laughs> or just for the next time I'm in Chicago, then I'll come visit. Yeah, yeah, drink them all. <laughs> I'll save them for you. The I hope they don't fire before you get here. But on the same night while we're doing a podcast, a tit podcast. <laughs> yeah, here we're gonna do a tit and tit for tat. We got a beer right here. We got a there coffee. There you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> tip, tip oh, it's too funny. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, yeah it's we... funny. I love coffee, but I don't like coffee flavored shit. Like I don't like coffee ice cream. Like I, I like coffee itself. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah, I'm the same way. I actually do like coffee ice cream though, for some reason, but. I don't know. Some of the, I don't know, like coffee candies. I kind of like coffee candies. Yeah, but no, nah, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know. I can't get into that. I don't just the alcohol. For some reason, it just. Man, I just feel like I want to commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's not, our, that's not a good uh, side effect. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thought. <laughs> Let me have one of these coffees. Oh shit, I want to off myself. <laughs> this is not good first thing in the morning. Oh jeez. Must, really must, must be really off the rails. <laughs> Fuck oh, this boy. coffee. Hang myself, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. They're gonna sell the coffee with like a noose. <laughs> 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 they used to do, they used to do like pr- promotional uh, uh, bottle openers with the with the alcohol. Now they do promotional nooses. Yeah, so it's like the Death Wish coffee. <laughs> Death Wish coffee. Yeah, that's like a what, wait. Isn't that an actual brand? Yeah, it's like the strongest shit out there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Death Wish coffee. Yeah. Why don't yeah. they put alcohol on it? They'll really kill somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. You got a death wish. You miss, You mix death wish with Bud Light. Oh, God. 
Bud Light. Sorry, Be all smooth. You. Be all smooth, baby. <laughs> It'll be quick. Imagine Death Wish and Four Loco. Cool. I don't like. Oh God. Isn't I've four never me- had Four Loco, but Four Loco doesn't like sound. I don't it's like okay. it. It makes it's you okay like by itself, but like, man, nah, nah I don't mix it with anything. And honestly, nah. I heard it turns people blind. Yeah. I don't know if they're just like so fucked up that they can't see it. They're actually blind. That's what it is. They're just fucked up that they can't see. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> Four crazies. I think we're three locos. <laughs> Trace loco. <laughs> yeah. Alex, please sign us the fuck off. Oh. <laughs> 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 Joey, Joey, he's worried about this recording. No, no, it's not even that. I I feel like I was supposed to get so much done tonight, and I'm not going to. And and I think we've taken it way off the rails. I think so. We, I just love like keeping the recording on. We're we're not even actually doing the show. We just have we're just talking random crap, and but it's still like the show, but it's not like. You can you can play this back tomorrow though, just like for yourself, just to laugh at it while you're at work or something. Yeah, like just we can literally just make we can have like the regular episodes, but then have like all this other stuff like as its own like episode. <laughs> Do like an outcuts version. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> I just laughed right now because I'm thinking of all these ideas. That would be good. <laughs> that would take I, so much I, to go through everything. Probably you could put you could put a hell of a highlight reel package together. Yeah. Got to package another tip. <laughs> I'll package you. I'll package my Pap's coffee. <laughs> yeah. Send it right to your podcast platform. That'll be a special giveaway when we <laughs> launch Tit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you want some coffee with those tits? Like, like, retweet, and tell us your best sports story for a chance to win a package of coffee. Make sure you follow Tit. <laughs> Make sure you follow Tit. If you don't follow Tit, you don't get the giveaway. <laughs> Uh, I think we're all, we're we're at the bottom of the bar floor right now. That's another. <laughs> we're just gonna have to, we, dude. You have to follow Ted Bra. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Bra. <laughs> Instead of Bra, <laughs> like Bra. Yeah. And Eric Cosmer's launching will be mixed in between the Bra and the Ted. <laughs> Sandwiched. <laughs> Sandwiched. It'll be tit fucked. Make <laughs> sure you follow us, you motorboat motherfucker. <laughs> Why do I feel like I took like three gummies right now? 
That's what it feels like. Oh man, I'm just drunk. Drunk. <laughs> I didn't even take any gummies. I don't like weed. Oh man. All right, guys, I'm gonna hop off from the bar floor with Eric Cosmer's tip. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know what? Air Cosmer's launch angle is big enough to be considered a tit. It's an A cup. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's an A cup for sure. What is what is his launch angle this year? It's a it's a thirty A. Thirty A. Oh, what's his launch angle? Shit. I know it was up last year, but. I don't, know, I don't know if he was able to keep it up. To put to, he couldn't keep them up because they weren't existent. He didn't have. <clears throat> didn't he have a negative launch and, angle like the year before? Couple, yeah, a couple years ago. Oh, he's three point three this year. Uh, what was it last year? Eight point seven. It finished at. Oh, uh, it was higher than that though. I think. Yeah, yeah it's still point, horrible. One point it was yeah. like. Remember all the shit that they gave Vladimir, uh, Vladdy Jr. all off season about launch angle, launch angle, blah, blah, blah? Uh, yeah. It was at 4.1 last year. It's at 8 this year. It's really not that great, but he just hits fucking rockets. Yeah. That's all you need to yeah. do. Hit the fucking ball hard. <clears throat> right. Well, if you hit a, a, I mean, an 8 launch angle is fine when you're hitting a ball at 115 miles an hour. I mean, <laughs> you know. Seriously. It works. Yeah. It works. All right, yeah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna end the call so we stop talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm done. I gotta go to bed. All That's right. a good idea. If you guys are still listening, if this is part of the show that I keep in, then good night. <laughs> Don't do that. All right, good night. Well, thank All you right. But I'll later, guys. Good night. Yeah. Later, guys. Nice talking to you for finally for a long time. It's been a long time. Almost three hours. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, it's been a long time since we talked. Oh. But it's been like three hours. It was supposed to be oh. one.